You're listening to Galaxy of Film. Yo, this is Ty from NoVex. Make sure you go check out NoVex. It's available now. You can check it out on YouTube channel. Galaxy of Film. Appreciate the support. Holla. Alright, and welcome back to the brand new episode of Galaxy of Film. This week we are, of course, live here. Um, Danilo, how are you doing, man? It feels great to get you back on for this episode. Yeah, dude, I'm doing good, man. Hanging in there, hanging out. Always okay. fun time in the beast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Enjoying so life. Enjoying what's, life. What's been going on lately with you? It's been a couple weeks since you've been on. Last you came on for some Martin Scorsese a few weeks ago. Yeah, I did. I did indeed. I was going to go back to the theater and watch that movie, but I'm like, I, I just don't have three hours that I want to chunk out again in my life. But I did chunk out three hours. Yeah, dude, I'm doing man. good, man. Hanging in. Um, I don't know, dude. I still like that movie. I don't know what it is. I think it was just the time that I watched it that one day. Like, I feel like it has sentimental value. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I did that. Um, onto our like my first ever mug night out here. Thursday night, you go out, you get a free mug because like White Claw does some sponsoring or some alcohol brand does some sponsoring at some bar down here. So I went to one of those, had a blast, had had a few too many mugs, but okay. I just had a great time on, you know. Yeah, dude, you put the vodka crayon in those mugs, it, it gets pretty dangerous. It gets pretty dangerous. Um, other than that, dude, been doing some teaching still, hanging out, you know, all that fun stuff. Now the mm. next fun part is looking for a new place to live for next year. Yeah, I know so, that's right, dude. Okay, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially something that's, like, affordable, like, yeah. you know. Dang, man. Finally leaving the, the bird's nest for the beast, you know. That was No, I just have to find something close in the bird's nest for another year. No. That's like in my budget, yeah. Sick yeah. one. <laughs> I know, what can you do though? But well, other than that, I've been having a blast. Well, good to get you back on for this week, man. I know this is an episode you've been quite excited for for a long time, actually. You've been suggesting we do the Hunger Games, finally. Um, and here we are for our Thanksgiving special this year, finally knocking them out, man. Finally. Because you have the, the box set, don't you? The 4K one? Yes. Yes, I do indeed, man. Yes, I do indeed. I had the books at one point, too, but then... I think they got lost in a move, or they're somewhere in a storage unit, I'm pretty sure, because I don't okay. think I got rid of like, all the hardcovers of it, because they were all the hardcover ones. I remember my mom even got me like a soft cover one, or like paperback one, mm-hmm. and I was like, no mom, like go return that, like, I'm locked in for the <laughs> Hunger Games, I want the hardcover one. Dang, so, yeah. right. <laughs> so this is one of the few yeah. things you've read. Uh, we'll get into it when we get more into it, but there are only about three series I actively have read growing up, but yeah. this one for special place in my heart man because of the movies gotcha gotcha yeah. man. okay okay well thankfully we aren't alone this week um we got a very special guest star joining us this week none other than my sister actually <laughs> kayla aka kayla reads how are you doing i'm good how are you great great it's good to get you on here <laughs> finally you know you've kind of seen me like you know bring up galaxy of film since like the very start of it so here we are 152 episodes deep and finally get you on here <laughs> i know it's about time <laughs> right right so go ahead tell us a bit about yourself and tell us about like your platform for your content as well okay um i'm kayla i'm a mom of two and like that's 
pretty much the only thing I can really <laughs> say about myself. Um, I started a TikTok channel uh, this year talking about books and it kind of blew up a little bit and yeah, it's just become a thing I do now. <laughs> okay. Okay. So what kind of books do you cover usually on your stuff? Um, so typically fantasy, um, but a little bit of everything like dark romance, regular romance. Um, but I just talk about pretty much every book you can think of. Okay. So, so pretty much the stuff I'm not reading. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. More adult based for sure. Uh, but I mean, I do YA too. So. Okay. Very nice. Very mm-hmm. nice. Well, it's good to get you on here to talk some Hunger Games. I know we've also been playing this together for quite some time. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to go into it in a little bit later on in this episode, but we're doing a big giveaway. This is actually your idea whenever you pitch to in this episode. So, finally coming to fruition over here and good stuff going on Galaxy of Film. So, hell yeah, guys. Um, taking a look here, we got Gamer Harold in the chat. Dude, Danilo, you know, man, this guy, he's, I'm so surprised he's stuck around with us for as long as he has. I gotta be honest with you. Blows no, my I am mind. too, man. Like I fucking am too, man. Because some of the shit we've said, dude. But he's, he's such a—he's just a diehard fan, man. True, diehard fan. <laughs> one in an, one of a kind, dude. The world does not deserve Harold Dyson. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> you know, it was his birthday the other. Day. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. I told him happy birthday, man. Of course. Yeah. Oh, his birthday too. today? No, it was the other day. The other day. The other day. Oh, okay. yeah. Happy late birthday. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Shout out to you, gamer Harold. One of the the best top G's we have here at Galaxy of Film. <laughs> Always, man. Always. He watched those. He watched those early day live streams. I yeah. Know, I forget that. I don't know what we were even talking about or doing. But it was also at like one a.m. in the morning too, which is wild. Yeah, those Instagram ones, dude. That was wild. That was that yeah. was crazy. <laughs> what a diehard fan, man. What a diehard fan. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, quick little announcements real quick for our weekly listeners. Um, this week, actually today as of the time of doing this live stream, but two days ago, if you're listening to this on the podcast platforms, um, Awards Bay Episode 5 is now out, guys, as well as our newest short film, No Vex, which can be found on our YouTube channel and on our website, galaxyfilm.com. Um, last week, Dakari did an LFG talking, or excuse me, not Dakari, man, Brandon. They keep switching up back and forth, bro. They keep going back. But we got Brandon last week talking the Marvels. I know he had a time you with that one. Say again? You want to go see it? Yeah, you want to go see it. I did not know that, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I got I to listen to it, man. <laughs> um, last week on the main show as well, we had a very special episode of Scott Zacharin, um, producer and director of Creating Realm Lazar. Um, he's also the director of Shamim's new film, The Autograph King. So both of them came on to kind of introduce the documentary and to kind of discuss Creating Realm Lazar. So check that episode out as well. Um, and link down below for the GoFundMe for my next film, Goonies and Agony. Um, we're making some good traction on this, making some good progress. Got some new cast and crew lined up for this piece, and I could not be more excited to shoot it, bro. Um, you know, this is, like you said the other day on the film, bro, this is my Kenley's curse. You know, this is the biggest project we've had so far. Um, we're looking at, like, a full week of consistent shooting, which is going to be absolutely crazy. But I could not be more excited for it. Um, we're getting Sorrentino down, dude, and again, just like Harold, how he blows my mind, how we've like swindled these random people into following us for so long, I can't believe this random fucking dude I met outside of Star Wars Celebration for the fourth time, third time, whatever, if you want to count you and Curtis, are now coming on another project with me, dude. 
Um, so shout out to Sorrentino over at Super Live Adventure. Um, and I can't wait to work with him in this piece as well, man. It's going to be awesome. Time to bring down Two Bros Pizza, dude. I miss that place so much. Yeah, man. I was thinking about that the other day. That spot's so fucking good. It was. I don't know. I don't know if it was just the night, but it, it was great pizza, man. Like I've yeah. never had pizza better than that. Besides Little Caesars, of course. But still, I know that's Little right. Little Caesars. Yeah. I disagree. Hey, don't don't ruin our sponsorship oh, here, okay? Wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, I mean, Little Caesars is amazing. I know that's read? right. There we go. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Um, real quick, before we go ahead and talk a little bit more of the giveaway details. Now, Danielle, this is a segment we used to kind of do back early on in the early days of the podcast. And I don't really do it yeah. much, especially since you've left. But I'm curious, because you haven't been on super much lately. What are some recent things you've watched? I recently saw Priscilla in theaters. Yeah, dude, I'm upset. I didn't know it was coming out that soon. I would have like chunked out some time to like go see it uh, when I was going to go see Songbirds. So I never went to go see it, but maybe... Maybe Thanksgiving when I'm home. But okay. yeah, I've been watching Rick and Morty, the new season. Um, okay. Yeah, I know that, you know, there's all that controversy with Rick and Morty, yada, yada, yada. But uh, I, I've always liked the show. I've always thought the writing was, you know, pretty good on it. Um, they've had this one plot with evil Morty and everything. Mm. Um, I think way back since season one, if not season two. And I just thought it was yeah. very interesting. I know I talked a little bit about Solar Opposites way back in the day, how... Um, there was like a human plot to that because like solar opposites are aliens. There's like this little human like string line mm. uh, once every season. But the Rick and Morty creators like made it very interesting where they only had like this evil Morty character come in like once every other season. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was really, but so it like kept you like really enthralled with that if that was like something you were following, which I was. And so they finally like kind of put an end to it almost. Really? Um, yeah, just the other day actually like just last week just last week's episode not like this past sunday so like i guess two weeks ago sunday night's episode and i was blown away by it it, it, it the writing is still in my opinion up there is some of the best writing to date when it comes to animation and just television in general um i thought it had everything we even saw them bu bump up the budget with animation remember how in the uh, rebels they did um uh depth of field yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. They did that with Rick and Morty, and I've never seen that. That's it's always funky. It it was like it actually caught me off guard, and I was like, mm. what, "What are we doing here?" But um, amazing episode, amazing writing, amazing like like that makes me very excited for where this show's gonna go. Now that like the thing that's like been holding the show like continuity, I guess, together has been this character. Mm. I mean, he seems like gone like he's not gone but if you watch like you'll know what i'm talking about uh but yeah it was really cool so okay. that's been a good show um voice acting is not the same without um justin Roiland, in my opinion like you can tell but it's not the end of, yeah it's not the end of the world though like i'm still watching a show because i like their writing sure sure um, oh yeah i watched that um let me see what else have i watched man because i rewatched the irishman i don't know why i chose that as a rewatch <laughs> That's awful. Life. Oh, The Killer, dude. I watched The Killer. Oh, okay, how would you like that? Yeah, see, I, I I, just don't think, like, the spies are for me anymore. Like, I okay. just don't think they are. I think I've had my time with them. You know, I think I'm, like, I really like James Bond, Daniel Craig growing up. Like, the few other ones, what have you. Mm. Like, uh, Mission Impossible. But The Killer, I was just like, I'm, I'm done. Like... I didn't really follow along. I was cleaning up my apartment, I believe, that night, getting ready to go out or something like that. 
Um, but I still like got out of it what I was supposed to get out of it. And sure. I feel like if it's a movie that's supposed, that's on in the background, then it's kind of like, you know. Dang, not, that's disappointing not, to hear, man. Yeah, Fassbender gave a good performance, though. Fassbender gave a good performance. It's something okay. new from him, I would say, for sure. Okay. Um, over his Magneto, and I know it was in a few other like, serious roles, too. It was in but... Assassin's Creed, which is really funky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was in 12 Years a Slave, too. I remember that. Okay, yep, you're right, um, you're right. But yeah, it was a uh, Fincher. Fincher still directs great, so okay. I guess that's a takeaway from it. Yeah, Good there takeaway. you go, man. I got. I'm not gonna lie, bro. Priscilla was a bit disappointing. Um, really? I think the the biggest downfall with Priscilla is it feels like it's comparing to the Elvis movie. Um, okay. It very for a movie that's supposed to be not about Elvis, it for sure makes me want to go watch Elvis, which is kind of disappointing, unfortunately. Um, that's one with Jacob. Lordy or whatever, right? Yeah, from Euphoria. Yeah, yeah. Based off her like biography and stuff. Yes, it was. She produced this too, oh, I think, okay. actually, as well. Um, the song with my girlfriend, her sister, actually. Yeah, Caitlin hated this, dude, and I was I was very shocked by that. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. It, it's but really funky. The girl who plays Priscilla looks and sounds exactly like a young Natalie Portman. It's weird. Oh. Very mm. funky, man. Um, Kayla, what about you? I see you busted out the wine, getting things ready for the show. <laughs> what are some recent things you've watched lately? Movies, TV shows? Oh, that's a good question. So I started Loki season two. Okay, okay. I did start that. Um, I haven't even finished the first episode, but I'm loving it so far. <laughs> um, you know, kids makes it hard. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> um, but I'm also, I just finished the latest season of Yellowstone. I don't know if you've seen it. I know Max hasn't. But it was fantastic. Mm. So good. So good. Highly recommend it. Okay. What season of Yellowstone was that in particular? Like what number? I think it was five, but don't quote me on that. Okay. Have you watched any of the stuff of like Harrison Ford with Yellowstone? I think it was like, what, 1923? No, but I'm dying to. It's, I mean, I've heard incredible things. I think there's like two spinoffs. Yeah, there Um, is. Yeah. And I also saw the new John Wick movie. So oh, chapter really four. Good. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a solid. Yeah. One. That's in my top ten actually of the year so far. Still, I loved it. Have you seen the Continental? That's no. like based off of it. I wasn't I'm gonna watch gonna that. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna. I've heard some rough things about it. You know, Daniel, that was something we talked about mm-hmm. like super early on on the new segment. Yeah, we did talk about, and speaking of it, I forgot. I watched like half of that episode. I watched half of the first episode. It's like movies. It's movies. So it's like three parts. They're all like an hour and a half long or two. And I think the last one's two hours long. Okay. And I watched the first one. I only got halfway through it. I was just like, like, I know what I'm watching. Like, I, sure. I was ready for a different thematic beat, I guess. You know, I was just expecting more. Mm. Um, I was like, it, it was all right. Like, maybe I might go back and finish it. Okay. Just to see that. Some more. Oh. You know, JW lore, but uh, other than that, I'm kind of like, you know. <laughs> I, I like I, if you would ask me, you know, to like guess on what happens, like I can, I can figure it out after watching half of the uh, first episode. I feel like on Is that. Is it based after like the um the last movie of John Wick? Like, does I, it start after that? It's it's a prequel, from my understanding. The content. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, set like in the twenty, okay. like nineteen twenties, like or like nineteen four, like whenever the mafia was like big. I don't think it was nineteen twenties. Yeah, but you get yeah, the idea. You see, like, you see, like a very young, uh, uh, the manager and a very young, um, 
of the bellhop guy. Oh, really? That's um, kind of cool. Somebody okay. Yeah. Characters. Okay. Yeah. They, they, they did a good job with casting uh, the young bellhop guy. Not so much the manager, though. I was kind of like, he sort of looks like him, but, you know. Yeah. Not really. Gotcha. Dang, man. We got some other things we're we'll going to be covering in the news segment in just a second as well. Some trailers and some teasers that dropped. Uh, but first off, let's go ahead and talk about this giveaway that we're doing. Um, so we're doing two giveaways, kind of, this episode. Um, so first off, we're announcing a giveaway, more or less, that we're going to be doing for the next couple weeks. So here at Galaxy of Film, we actually have all four of the Hunger Games films here on 4K. The physical release is over here, showing the audience, got all four. We're going to be giving these away, and Kayla, you're giving away all four of the books as well. Um, yeah. And also for listeners who win the, you know, the 4K set, um, some Galaxy Film stickers will be given as well too. Got to hook you guys up with the merch. But Kayla, go ahead and tell our listeners how they can win both of these items, basically. Both of these packages. Yes. Um, so make sure you're following all of us on social media. So preferably make sure you're subscribing to Galaxy of Film's YouTube channel if you're not already. Um, follow me on TikTok. Um, or Instagram, but TikTok preferred. Uh, and yeah, just like and comment, and if you can, share. That's Absolutely. it. So mm -hmm. make sure you're going ahead, you know, like you said, subscribe to Galaxy of Film, following Kayla over on TikTok preferably, but make sure you comment so we can keep track of these guys. Um, comment done, but also comment down below what your favorite Hunger Games movie is so we know it's legit. Let us know down in the comments below just to enter. Simple as that. You should already be subscribed to Galaxy of Film. What are you, what are you guys doing already? You know, come on, get it together, guys. But we got some other things we're giving away, too. Um, Danilo, you have a digital copy of the 4Ks for all the films we're giving away randomly in this episode as well. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Yeah, because I, I have the whole box set. I was one of the um, dumb guys, or, you know, who ordered that on day one when it dropped. <laughs> Not wait until Black Friday when they slashed the price in, like, half. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I have the digital code. Word of warning, I don't know if it still works. It says it expired earlier this year, but I'll still read out the code um, during this episode. And if it works, it works. So lucky for you. So just try it. You never know. Yeah, it should work, dude, because even if they expired, as long as in the right. same year, they work for Voodoo. Yeah, I didn't it know should. They yeah, they're kind of funky, which is always weird because that box set's not even old. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the box set's three years, I think. Not even. I, two, I think. So it's one of the good yeah, steel books. I, yeah. It is. Yeah, it is too. Yeah. Sick one. Lionsgate. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. And also for the most hype person in our comment section for this live stream, um, we're giving away some Galaxy of Film stickers. We got some classics over here, including the you know traditional logo. Um, we got the Spartan Strong logo we did for Danilo School. Um, we have a Lawn Busters redesign from featuring my new film, Goonies and Agony. And, of course, if I could get it off of my desk, some LFG, man. Been a while since you've watched some of those, you know. It has been. It has been. Yeah. So all good things to win, though. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right, bro. Um, you know, it's been, we've been kind of you know very pro sticker since we started Galaxy of Film, and it's been a while since we've given some out. So taking this chance to just go ahead and keep that comment section live, guys, for a chance to win one of those stickers, or uh, all the stickers. Who knows? We guys, come on, guys, just keep the comment section lit. We got you guys covered. But let's go ahead and talk news for this week. We got some new trailers over here. Um, first up, man, you know, this is something we've kind of talked about a few times in the podcast recently. Um, a few weeks ago, specifically with like Johnny Zuko on here. But Terrifier 3, 
with the trailer's been out, it's a Christmas movie. What are your thoughts on this? Have you had a chance to watch this one? I'm happy, dude. There is just something I love about Christmas. Christmas to me is the best holiday there is. Like it does like nothing compares to Christmas. Mm. I'm a Christmas kid. Shout out to you, Tenix. Dude, speaking of family, dude, Tenix was repping the Galaxy of Film Spartan Strong Galaxy of Film shirt we made uh, when she came up for homecoming weekend. We oh, had really? her we had her in our Oma up. Yeah, she ripped out to the bar, dude. We took her to we took her to that Irish bar, dude. She, oh, she Dublin's? Yeah, we took her to Dublin, dude. And she was having it with a bottle of wine. There but, you uh, go. There yeah. you go. Anyway, though, man. So I'm a Christmas person because of that. Love Christmas. Love it. And okay. but there's one thing I truly hate about Christmas, mm-hmm. and it's those sappy ass Christmas movies, man. But if you <laughs> but if you tell me like we're gonna have a murderer happen on Christmas. There's going to be a famine on Christmas. Like mm. Krampus, that Krampus movie, dude. Yeah, yeah. One of the greatest movies of all time because it, like, just destroys the holiday <laughs> spirit for some people. Mm. So Terrifier, t- ter- Terrifier 3 being on Christmas, I think, is golden. I don't okay. know who thought of that. I don't know if it was the writer, the, you know, the TV, the studio. Big shout out to them, dude. That has to be the most funniest, like, thing they've ever are doing with this character. Uh, for sure. <laughs> Because just the, you know, just the way he is, you know, the brutal kills that he has, all that fun stuff, just the stupid, like, Art the Clown, quote unquote, like, jokes he does, I guess, um, during the movie is always hilarious. Mm. Um, so, yeah, like, I'm I'm pumped. Like, I'm so pumped that this is during Christmas time. Like, it could, for the horror fans, I, th- I think it's going to be bringing in good numbers if it gets that box office release again. Yeah, especially, dude, especially because we just had the re-release for Terrifier 2 in theaters, like, two, three weeks ago. So, definitely the interest is there, for sure. For sure. We'll see. Kayla, have you had a chance to watch either of the Terrifier films? I don't imagine these are on your radar, necessarily. (laughs) I've never even heard of them. No, not at all. Probably a good thing. Probably a good thing. Keep these movies away from my niece and nephew, please. (laughs) I'll watch them after you're in bed. (laughs) Probably not in the same house, dog. These are these are rough. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. Oh, middle really? of the day. Middle of the day. Yeah, yeah. These, these are they there at school. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm assuming yeah. you haven't seen the trailer for the third one, right? No, is that the one with Addison Ray? I saw something about that recently. <laughs> oh <laughs> wow! Like <laughs> I'm assuming not based off your reaction. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> do you but know no, that movie's but... actually doing pretty good in theaters? Oh, really? Yeah, dude. It like has like a seventy-six or something, or sixty. I'm Ryan Tomatoes, I think. <laughs> but I'm That's not a crazy. one-hit wonder, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, what's up next? We have another trailer as well um, for actually a live, like live-action adaption of something going on here. Avatar: The Last Airbender. Um, you know, Netflix has been kind of on a spurt of doing these weird live-action anime pieces for the past couple years. Uh, we've seen that One Piece, Death Note, and I think there was another one, if I'm not mistaken, Danilo. Um, but the newest one is Last Airbender. This has been kind of controversial because the original people were on it, and then they backed out, and now they're not on it at all. Um, but it looks damn good, surprisingly. What are your thoughts on this one? I'll never forget, dude, having that uncrustable pizza in at Mulberry Way Drive out in out in um oh god, what's it Macomb County, watching that season finale, man, when I was like six or five years old. One of the greatest mm. moments I still have in my child or still can think of from my childhood. Um, 
I love that show. I love the people behind it. I thought it was amazing writings. Of course, I, it's a fucking book series, um, you know, but who's going to read that? Um, but anyway, <laughs> though, man, it looks really, really good. It mm. looks really good. My only concern is Netflix, whoever does their trailers, is getting paid bucks because almost every trailer Netflix drops for a big IP or a big movie, so to speak, that they know they like, that, like this is going to make it looks good yeah come on and but there's just something once you turn it on and you get the rainbows flickering and the dun dun and then the netflix original <laughs> yeah yeah you're kind of like well this is gonna be like pretty mid or just the worst thing i've watched mm-hmm. um so i'm i'm very excited to see how they sound you know how it looks like more of that um just see like what kind of story elements are they hitting like are we doing a lion king shot for shot but this is a movie isn't it no this is a series okay yeah so are they doing like a lion king shot for shot like how the animated thing looks are you know because then then there wouldn't be any like problems of like oh i don't like it it would just be if you don't like the actors but i don't know i also found some the actors like looking like the words like kind of stale you know Mm-hmm. Like just kind of like meh, like he's giving a half-assed performance. Yeah, but. I can see it, man. Like I don't know. I'm I'm really happy the costume design. It kind of embraces the corniness of the show for sure. Um, yeah. I think everyone's designs looks really really cool, especially seeing like Appa. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really curious to see on if this is going to be a, like a Lion King situation because I think that's the easiest thing to compare it to, especially with it taking, for better or for worse, the designs and bringing them so faithfully to the big screen, kind of. Or to the silver screen, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, so who knows? You know, we'll, we'll have to see it for sure. But I'm, I'm very surprised by the trailer. You know, I was not expecting to be impressed by this one at all. But, Kayla, have you had a chance to watch this trailer? Are you already a Last Airbender fan? Like, where are you at with the series? Oh, I actually have never seen The Last Airbender, but I've heard incredible things about it, so okay. I need to see it. It's it's definitely on my, like, to-be-watched, um, but I haven't seen the trailer. Um, okay. I didn't hear very good things about the Lion King uh, live yeah. movie, <laughs> so <clears throat> I'm curious to see how that goes, but I'm mm. definitely interested. Okay, okay, gotcha. And now next is a trailer that I'm kind of, you know, like, guiltily excited for, Danilo. Um, oh god, dude! <laughs> no, I'm, I'm excited for this one, man. I love these as a kid. We're getting a new Garfield oh, movie. Oh, um, never mind, dude. Never mind. <laughs> I thought we were just, never mind. My bad. Sick one. Now we're getting a new Garfield movie, but Chris Pratt is Garfield, which is a little bit weird. Um, you know, obviously 2014 was like the year of Chris Pratt, dude. You know, just kind of in everything, and it's weird because recently he's kind of making almost a comeback, almost 10 years later. Um, so he's Garfield in this after being Mario. Um, it, I think this one is, is bugs me though for his voice. It doesn't sound too much like Bill Murray's, you know, from the, the 2004 movie, which I'm a big fan of. Um, but you know, I'll watch it. I liked a lot of the Gar or the Garfield cartoons and some of the, uh, like two and a half D animated stuff. I used to rent from like Blockbuster where it was like, uh, the kind of chunky. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like a weird mix of trying to be 3D, but it just quite can't at this yep. point. Um, yeah. I watched a lot of those from Blockbuster, man. So I'm excited for a new Garfield movie. Um, I definitely would watch this. Probably like opening week for the hell of it. Um, what are your thoughts on this, Danilo? 
I was never a Garfield kid, man. I just never got into it. I know I know more of Garfield from the comics and a newspaper because I read that when I was a kid than I do like okay. him as a TV show. Um, so like it'll be interesting to see. Um, I wonder like how the voice will go over, you know, once the movie's out and everything like that. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna go see this like opening day. Fake fan, dude. Fake fan. Probably not. Sad man, <laughs> <laughs> and Kayla, what about you? Are you a Garfield fan at all? I actually agree with Danilo. Like, I used to read it in like the mm. newspapers, like Sunday mornings with my grandma. But that's it. Never seen really? it. Really? You never yeah. seen the Bill Murray ones? Oh, what? No. We have to watch it now. Tale of Two like Kitties, so good, so good. Yep. Glad <sighs> into dude. it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got one last trailer to talk about this week. Um, Danilo, I know you would watch this one because you would ask me about it. This is something I'm not going to lie. I did not get a chance to watch. Um, but we have the Madam Web trailer. This is a little bit different. We have Dakota Johnson in this one. Um, Sydney Sweeney, which our third Euphoria star we're talking about this week on the podcast, which is kind of funky. Um, but yeah, man, what are your thoughts on this one? This is the latest entry from the Venomverse, which we know is having a lot of trouble. Like, El Muerto is apparently being, like, canceled, I think, now that Bad Bunny backed out of that film. Venom 3 is still whatever the fuck at this point. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I like Dakota Johnson. I'll go see it, probably, um, because of that reason and that reason only. Yeah. Uh, but this looks like, <laughs> this, just does, this just doesn't look good, man. Like, I just don't get it. I'm, like, I get it and I don't get it at the same time of Sydney Sweeney's hype. Um, mm. she just seems like she's one of those ass and Ray girls who it's like, you have a good mark. You have a good agent. Like you have a good agent. Like that's all you got. Um, cause what I saw in here was just bland. Um, I, I think I'm just done with it. Like, I think I'm really just done with the Marvel, done with the star Wars. Um, that's coming after I've just finished Loki season two. And, <laughs> you know, that was all right. But, uh, and kept up with that show. But yeah, like, like I'm going to be picky now. I, I think I'm going to be picky with what I'm going to go spend my hard-earned money on in a theater and i don't know if madam webb's gonna be it i feel um, you on that okay <laughs> yeah well like like being ben wyatt in it though is pretty cool though from parks and rec um he, he's supposed parks to be rec. oh well he's supposed to be ben like he's supposed to be uncle ben like so i don't get like what time this period even is in as well um and they cast someone else's uh aunt may Oh, so you're like, okay, is Tommy H making a cameo in this, or what the hell's going on? You know, yeah, where's where's the Andrew? <laughs> yeah, like I just don't get what they're doing over there. Okay, but, I feel like on that man. Dakota, Dakota Johnson, Dakota Johnson man. Yeah, Dakota Johnson, <laughs> yeah, pop off, pop off. Love Dakota Johnson. Um, my girlfriend's mom. She she loves the Fifty Shades movies and was raving about him, dude. <laughs> Really? That's all she Shout talks about Dakota Johnson for. It's funny. But, you know, we, we love her for Cha-Cha, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I watched the, did you watch the Fifty Shades of Grey movies? No, I have not. No, Heck I haven't. Yeah. That's like a coming <laughs> thing, man. That's a what? You cut out for a second. Do... Oh, I said that's a coming of age thing you had to do out in uh, uh, whenever they came out. I watched all of them, man. Was that like your discovery of porn? What do you mean a coming of age thing? Dude? <laughs> I don't know, dude. But I just know. I just know a majority of people who I talk to, who uh, guys, girls. I'm like, did you watch the 
Dakota Johnson, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey movie, was just, you know, like, a, just watch them growing up, and they're like, yeah. It's I don't know, man. Maybe it was just the Rochester kids who did it, but. Yeah. Like, they were bad. Dude, like, they were bad. You, oh, I don't know what the hell you guys had going on. I wasn't watching that. <laughs> That's weird. Okay. Um, <laughs> Kayla, what are your thoughts it's on Madame Webb since you do like Fifty Shades? Um, okay, so I'm kind of torn because I feel like the Marvel movies have been going down, in yeah. my opinion. Um, especially since like after the last uh, Avengers movie. Um, however, I saw the trailer. It looked really good. I love Dakota. So we'll see. Okay. You know. I, I haven't heard anything about the actual comic or anything, so I just all I'm going off is the trailer itself. Ah, uh, okay, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. Do you feel that yeah. Sydney Sweeney was bland in this, like Danilo thinks, or what? So the only trailer I saw for it, I didn't really see much of Sydney. Um, but I'm not a really big fan of Sydney. I feel like her attraction has gotten her a lot of like you know kind of where she is. Sure. Uh, but I don't think she's a bad actress. I just don't think she would be like my top ten or anything. That's fair. So, I feel you on that. Yeah. Now, Danilo, our final piece of news for this week, man. This is something I'm very, very curious to hear your thoughts of. Um, obviously, you are in a very different position than when we first started Galaxy of Film. Um, so now, here we are, you know, 152 episodes later on. Dave Filoni is now the chief creative officer at Lucasfilm. What are your current thoughts on this? It's took them, when did they acquire this? 2014. They acquired 2012. Disney acquired 2012. It took them over 10 years to appoint someone as the person who's going to like run all these run all this mm-hmm. and have continuity and have things try to connect and have things make sense. It took them t- over 10 years. That, that, that is awful business. That is <laughs> awful business. At least I now have someone who I can blame when the project is bad saying, you know what, Dave, we had a great childhood together, man. Great picture. I'll put it in my photo book. But, but you know, I'm not, I don't like Star Wars because of you anymore. I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, like, I, like I've told you, like I'm, I'm Star Wars out, Marvel's out. I'm going to pick my projects. I am happy for them. I'm, am, I'm I'm happy they finally appointed someone. And the person who they appointed was someone who basically studied under George Lucas. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just don't get how this wasn't like a day one type conversation to have. Um, you know, maybe it was and Dave was like, no, I need some time, you know, to get more mature in my creativity. I want to have live action directing under my role. You know, I want to like at least try and have a, something of my own, like the Mandalorian. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So I get all of that. Like, of, of that were conversations that were being had um, behind the scenes. But I don't think it was. I just think they just didn't know what to do. And I think now they finally are like, yeah, we need someone. Like, we really need someone. Yeah. Um, especially if it's coming now to where is what I guess the rumor is that. Um, all these like spin-off Mando shows are going to lead into the next movie. You know, if that, if that really is the case, then yeah, you probably are going to need someone to mm. be like, okay, like we just can't be making random ass shows. And then like, here's a movie and it has nothing to do with it. Sure. Um, so I'm really, I'm really happy that they chose Dave. Um, I think he's going to do a fine job. Mm. Um, 
I, I've always liked him. I've always he worked on Avatar for crying out loud. Yeah, he did. You know, he's I feel like, like he has a set way of telling stories and how stories should be told, and I enjoy the way he tells them. Mm. So I'm, I'm excited to see what it's going to entail in the future. I'm, ex- okay. I'm very excited though to see what the next actual project live action that they announce will be. Like away from you the know? Mandoverse stuff, or just a part of Mandoverse? Just in general, just in okay. general. Like what? Like let's say December twenty fifth, we wake up and Lucasfilm is like, let's tell them this is what they're getting next mm. Christmas. You know, like trailer will drop ne- next year Thanksgiving, but this is what they're gonna get. Like I'm excited to see what that's gonna be because okay. for right now, I don't think there's anything on the table. Right, everything's just TBA. Well, we do know. I think if I'm not mistaken, by twenty twenty six is the Mando movie. Yeah, Which and one? and I I guess that's what I'm leaning to. Like, what is that next thing that they're gonna say? Like, this is going to be your next piece of live action. Well, that's you know, it's the Empire. Say? That one is confirmed. So it's gonna. Wait, you you cut out. Say that again. Oh, so it's gonna be the movie. Yeah, it's gonna be or... the Empire. Be the movie. Yeah. Oh, your audio. Sick one, buddy. Sick one. What? You can't. Oh, there you go. Now you're weird, man. Come on, keep going. Keep going. Oh, like, I'm excited to see what they're going to say with, like, you know, this is it. This is what you're going to get. Mm. Because I we have all these projects announced, and they've, I think, what, a third of them have been slashed already? Yeah, Rogue Squadron, the Galtermo, you know, just a lot, man. Just yeah. a lot. Oh, Acolyte. They released pictures of Acolyte, didn't they? Or were those leaked pictures of Acolyte? I think they were leaked. I think leaked. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what they have in store for us, though, for sure now. Okay, interesting to see some positivity come back out of you, man. Especially when it comes to uh, the Star Wars, for sure. Now, yeah, yeah. Kayla, I know you haven't watched these movies. Okay, I'm not going to ask you the dumb question about how what your thoughts on Dave Filoni. I would just like mm-hmm. your public explanation as to why you haven't watched these movies. I'm going to humiliate you for a second. <laughs> okay. Star Wars? Yeah, yeah. Okay, um... I don't really feel like there's a good explanation um, mm-hmm. to justify it. I will say I watched like the first four. This was years ago, um, probably like seven years ago when you first told me to Max, and I uh, just never, I never finished. I think I got to like right where um, Anakin was growing up, and then I was like deuces. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come on, <laughs> Daniel was face dropped. Like, no. <laughs> What do you mean you watch the first four, bro? Like, who just stops after the first? Not the first three, not the next three. The first four is where they said that they dropped off. That's all right. Yeah. (laughs) You can kind of roast me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're planning on it. Don't worry about it. (laughs) That's awful. Everyone in the comment section, drop a comment telling Kayla how awful that is. We should play Star Wars Bingo, man, on senses on sentences that we never thought our guests would say. Oh yeah, yeah. And that'll be one sentence. That'll be one sentence. Yeah, then the next I one could the be uh... four Star Wars movies. <laughs> the next one could be someone calling it a croissant. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh goodness! Before yeah. we go ahead and start talking about uh, shows, real quick, um, I did go ahead and put out a poll on YouTube today. Asking everyone what their favorite Hunger Games movies are, so kind of bringing spotlight to that. Um, we got 17 per people present, or excuse me, 17 percent of people said the original Hunger Games. Um, the second film we got, let's see, 67 percent for Catching Fire. 
Mockingjay Part 1 got 0%, and Part 2 got 17% as well. So, yeah. Wow, that's crazy, though. That surprises me. Really? I kind of agree with it. (laughs) Yeah, I like 2. I like 2 as well, man. Yeah, I don't know, something just about... I don't know. <laughs> it's just a great, it's just a great story. It's just a great story, man. Yeah. Are you talking about part two or the second, like Catching Fire? Catching Fire. Oh, Catching Fire. Catching Fire. Yeah. Oh, I loved Catching Fire. Okay. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm surprised it's at that at two. Not mm-hmm. one. No, it is number one. Six. Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was oh, right. There. I was like, okay. <laughs> I thought you said the first one was at number one. No, it's a seventeen percent, bro. Come on, follow. Oh me. yeah, dude. Like, fuck off. Yeah, exactly, man. Everyone loves catching fire. <laughs> All right. Uh, we also have one new iTunes review as well. This is from Demi Mac. Um, the review is titled "No Vex," and the review says, "Pee pee poo poo." That's not my foot. Thank you for the very glorious and uh, well written iTunes review. It means a lot and help out the show. You know. <laughs> So, let's go ahead and talk shows real quick right before we go ahead and dive into Hunger Games. Um, Danilo, I think you're going to do an LFG on this at some point, I imagine. But Loki oh. Season 2, without spoilers, give us your thoughts on it real quick. Yeah, I guess this is where I would have talked about Rick and Morty. Whoops. Um, but, uh, yeah, dude. Uh, Loki was really... Loki was good. Um, I, I know I sent out a tweet somewhere on Galaxy of Film. Um, but it, it's just... It's just bland. Like, there's just still something bland about these TV shows ever and movies ever since, um, what was it called? Endgame came out, mm-hmm. you know? And I think, I don't, I don't think I'll put WandaVision up there just because it was just so, it was a risk that they took with all those different eras, you know, and they yeah. kind of blended it right. And I'll, I'll always applaud a risk, especially whether it works or not. I'll always applaud a risk, especially when it comes to these IPs. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Loki was okay. It wasn't bad. It was just good to see. It was just kind of, it was kind of like a, it was kind of like a reunion. I'm not gonna say high school reunion, but it was kind of like a reunion. You know, you were with them during COVID. You kind of liked the characters. They all came back for another season. They all did their thing, and you were kind of like, ah, it's good to see you guys again. But mm-hmm. you don't really need to go see them again. You know, you don't need to go make time out of your day to go see them again. If that even makes sense. Yeah, I gotcha. Dang, man. I'm not gonna lie. I yeah, thought this like, season was gonna be like a dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. Well, it's close. It's it's close. When I, when I was on Kills of the Flower Moon and we were talking about Kang and everything, like how they constantly beat Kang, but yeah, he's supposed to be the next bad guy. Mm. Like, yeah, like that, that just logically doesn't make sense. You know, oh, why no. would you show us your next big baddie and beat constantly? Yeah. So. Oh, well, dude, I'm done with the MCU. You know how I feel about it. You know, oh, chill, that's, dude. That's why the Marvels was an LFG. <laughs> Yeah, dude, it's you know you, you really see you really see how Galaxy of Film is operating when it came to the Marvel stuff, man, and kind of DC. It used to be it used to be main topics. Notice how it's now close to the LFGs. <laughs> um, the show I've been watching recently, uh, my girlfriend and I had a chance to go ahead and finally dive into the season season two of The Bear, man, and I am loving this show still. Um, I was a bit behind, didn't get to watch any of this season live when it came out weekly on on Hulu earlier this year. Um, but it holds up, and it's even better than season one so far. Um, you know, this season is all about kind of restoring and bringing up the new restaurant that the team's trying to build. Just so damn good. 
Um, Jeremy Allen White continues to kill it. Uh, we got Will Porter, who's in Guardians 3 as uh, Adam Warlock. Surprisingly has a decent role in this. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis is in an episode, which is really cool. Bob Odenkirk as well. Sarah Paulson, too, which is really weird. Um, so you get some cool names in this season. You know, but good stuff. Really enjoyed in season two. Um, Kayla, do you have any other last minute shows you want to talk about real quick before we dive into Hunger Games? Actually, yes, I do. Okay, <laughs> um, hit us. Wheel of Time. Have either of you seen it? I saw previews of Wheel of Time when it was first coming out. I've seen like the first episode. Isn't that Amazon Prime? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's based on a fantasy book. I haven't actually read it yet. But okay. when I tell you... Season one is fantastic, but season two blows it out of the water. Okay. I mean, I it ten out of ten. Highly recommend it. Nice. It's got a good mix of everything: romance, a lot of action, a lot of gore. Um, the magic system is incredible, so highly recommend. Okay, sweet. Yeah, it looked very looked a little bit comparable to like a time travel version of like Lord of the Rings almost. It's. <clears throat> I would put it as like Lord of the Rings mixed with Game of Thrones. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the best I could probably describe it. <laughs> okay, nice. Yeah. Well, Danilo. Remember, is... hang on. Remember when Amazon Studios spent a billion dollars on the Lord of the Rings series <laughs> and it does not talk about <laughs> at all? <laughs> I remember uh, Hamlin yeah. texting about that. I'm pissed as hell, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, hi, Mark. The Galaxy of Film rating system is based off planets featured within the Star Wars films. From our highest rating to lowest, here is the order in which we rate these films. Number 5. Coruscant, the entire planet is one big city. Number 4. Bespin, it's pretty far, but I think we can make it. Mining colony? Yeah, Tabana gas mine. Number three. Like you did by the lake on the boo. Number two. Set your course for the hot system. And lastly, number one. Gotta get back to Jakku. Back to Jakku! Why does everyone want to go back to Jakku? Hey there, everybody. This is Jake coming at you with this week's Stream of the Week. This week, I've got Nyad on Netflix. Stars Annette Bening and Jodie Foster. And this is a remarkable true story about a woman who is 60 and decides, you know what, doesn't matter how late it is in life, I'm gonna swim from Cuba to Mexico. It is a 60-hour swim, 110 miles, open water, sharks, all this stuff. She tried to do it when she was younger, she failed, now she's trying it again at 60. It's a really good story, and I would recommend it if you're into feel-good stuff, especially around the holidays. I think it's an enjoyable time, and I would highly recommend it. And while you're at it, head on over to Awards Bait to see if we think there's any Oscar chances for this one. Thanks so much, and let's get back to the show. Good shit, good shit. Um, Pablo, it's time, man. It's time. I'm so glad to have you on this week to give these fucking recaps, brother. So go <laughs> ahead and get us all set up for the first Hunger Games film. Am I recapping the book of the movies, man? The movies, dude. What do you think this is? Come well, some, on. They, they, you got some different stuff, man. You got some different stuff. But anyway, though, so the movie opens up, man, and we're out in Pan Am, and we're chilling, dude. We're chilling. It's the reaping. You know, you didn't come into the theater back in that day of 2010 or 11, whenever this came out. And we're like, what the hell is the Hunger Games? You knew. And if you didn't know, you weren't there. So right. We didn't watch you there. We didn't watch you there, actually, because we knew, man. We were locked in for this. This was our 
it was our magnum ops like they were the the lightning thief the hunger games you were what <sighs> team one or team two but if you were cool enough you were both of them you knew both <laughs> so anyway dude you're sitting there you're watching this girl come on screen who you've never seen and her name is uh oh god what is her name jennifer lawrence jennifer lawrence just pops out of nowhere dude and she's like i'm kenneth everdeen and you're like who is this like kind of made your slay though and her name gets picked or whatever for the reaping and you're like ah damn but i read this in the book though so i know what's happening i know what's happening <laughs> actually got picked or whatever okay and everyone's like oh poor prim but uh, then jennifer lawrence pops up and she's like no i got you dog and then then stupid fucking Peter Malart gets picked, dude. What an absolute joke of a human being, bro. He's a baker. He's a baker, dude. They're they're coal miners in District 12. And and Suzanne Collins was like, hang on, let me pick the femboy baker. So the baker got picked, dude. And you're like, oh fuck, what's gonna happen with my man Gale now? Cause you know, like like Katniss and Gale would, would dial in, baby. Like that was Starcross lovers right there. So anyway. They go and they go to like the they go they're traveling a train going through districts yeah yeah yada and they meet this guy named Hamish who's kind of just like a kind of just like a living legend dude mm-hmm. but he survived the Hunger Games he won it from District Twelve he's an alcoholic um and he's just living his best life sort of but he's kind of he doesn't like the job but he cares about the kids like if that makes sense yeah uh, they get in the districts they're meeting all the other uh, people who got picked from you know the best of the 11 districts and they're you know they're talking they're chilling you see how they're all like differently represented based on like like class and everything and they have to like kind of basically put on a show for the capital um so Hamish trains them uh oh god that girl trains them too the one who's very exotic and everything and and how they're gonna win but they need donations so they can have any chance of winning because like i said Baker boy ain't winning. Baker boy ain't winning this dude without Katniss. Like Katniss at least can shoot a bow and arrow. Yeah. Um. This rebellion, rebellious side of Katniss. She shoots an arrow with the game makers. Um. She does all these things. She has the dress on fire. Um. She sings. She's very much of like uprising, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And Apple doesn't like that. They see that that's a big problem that they might have to sort out in the end. So they kind of do everything to try and make sure she gets killed in the games, make sure no donations go to her. But everyone likes her. Like, everyone just likes her because they, they're not used to seeing that. And, you know, just like how you when you're not used to seeing stuff, you kind of like, well, you're like, yeah, like, you know, like, you're actually all right. Like, I, I get down with you. So her and Katniss, or no, Katniss and, uh, what is it? Just, you know, have a little makeout sesh, dude, on camera. And you're like, oh, God. <laughs> And then he's like, yeah, we're pregnant. And then you're like, oh, Jesus, dude. Like, I, I know you're not. Like, I, like, if you were us watching, you knew, bro. You knew based on our interactions. Like, there ain't no way. Um, but anyway, dog, like, they're chilling. They're doing whatever. They go into the games. And she finds, she has a friend named, like, Rue or whatever, who she's kind of, like, watching out with. And you're like, oh, good for her. Good for her. And they, they're going in the games. Everyone's getting shot. Everyone's dying. The games are happening. What happened? Y, Z big pivotal point is where Rue dies you know mm. and that that's where you see the uprising really start to happen of like hey Katniss is done with this like Katniss is now pissed she was pissed that her sister got picked she's pissed now because this was like quote unquote her symbolic sister dying she was like fuck this she did a little like and you're like oh shit what the hell's <laughs> happening bro and uh you know they're all kind of like they're locking in they're locking in we see a little bit of an uprising too happening once rue dies as well 
in little bit, little eight, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah we're gonna go with yeah. that. Yeah, like I said, dude, one of the only books I read. So like, I I kind of know more than the average Joe on this one. Kinda yeah, for once, buddy. So anyway, though, dude, they're doing that. Um, Snow's like he doesn't give a fuck. Game makers are like we don't give a fuck. But now we see that people are rooting for Katniss to win this. Mm. And the game maker knows, well, if we're going to have any shot of continuing this, we're going to need to make sure that she survives up almost until the end. She can die at the end is what Snow says. But for her to get to that point, you know, it's like, we need you. We need, we need to make sure like there's something to hope for still. So game goes on. Um, dude dies or whatever. They kill him. They kill the guy from I think it's District One, basically. Or he was the brute guy or whatever. And so yeah, yeah, yada. You find out then at the end of the thing that there's a little cheating going on. So the game maker had to eat the de- had to eat the berries and die. New game maker came in. Seymour. Snow's upset. Snow's like, how the fuck did we let this happen? But he had to let it happen, or else he knew there was going to be even more problems. But he was kind of like, you know, like never come back, never come back again. And mm-hmm. Hamish was, and Hamish was like, yeah, like good job, guys, proud of you. And it was the first time they let two people from the same district win. So yeah, well, and two people win. Period. Win, you know. Yeah, yeah, and if yeah. you uh, and if you win, you're you're kind of like luck is you don't have to go back, basically. Yeah. yeah. What your you know thing is, but or, then catching fire or- happened. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so, Demila, when was the first time you watched this one? Because obviously we're the same age range. Well, we all are in our you know mid twenties, um, but like you know, we were in what sixth grade when Hunger Games came out, dude. You know, this kind of took over at least my school for sure. What about you with like you growing up the Hunger Games? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I was a weekend week week first weekend. I was there. I was at the yeah. AMC Forum Thirty, baby. Millstone fourteen mm-hmm. for me, dog. I remember it. Yeah. Dang. I didn't dress up like some people did, but I was I was I was there. <laughs> yeah, I was there in my little Han Solo outfit for Hunger Games. So yeah. <laughs> Kayla, what about you? When was the first time you watched the original Hunger Games? Uh like the day it came out. Okay, so this is a theater the- experience for you too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had read the books religiously. Like that was my childhood. Was the Hunger Games, Divergent series. Okay, gotcha. Percy Jackson. Yeah. So it okay. was a big moment. So when was the first time you read the book for the first Hunger Games then? Uh, I think I was 12, like 12 or 13. Okay, damn, I, all right. I borrowed my sister's book, and I like I remember very, very specifically, like, reading until, like, 3 a.m. with, like, a light underneath the bed, like, with the comforter <laughs> pulled up because I was supposed to be asleep, like, just reading the whole book in a day, and I was obsessed. Wow! See, I was over there yeah. playing Mario Party DS under my covers. You were playing, you were reading Hunger Games like a nerd. All right. Yeah, I mean, I was it. doing that too. But yeah, they, <laughs> okay. And Danilo, you know, obviously, you've been very vocal on the podcast since day one. You know, you just can't read flat out. Yeah, and- there's no passion there. I don't know what happened, but there's none. But let me tell you, when I was that kid, man, and so, and um, I don't I don't know who it was. I think it was some girl who had one of these fucking books, and I was like, "Well, let me read it to see what the hell the hype's about." Sure. As you know, your sixth grade and fifth grade, fourth grade self does, because whenever it came out, that's when I read it. Mm-hmm. And I, I was I was locked in, man. Like I like I've never been more like I had an uh a clip that attached to the like back of the book 
that like would the the light went over it, so you didn't have to hold the light. Like you were hands free with the light. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. What book lawyer? I was, I was, I was reading, dude. Like I was just grinding. Like I was just get. I was into it. I was so into it. I don't know what it was about Katniss Everdeen and the hung. I I think it was the dystopia. I think that we. I think up until that point, we haven't had a a dystopia that could be youth. I don't want to say euthanized because that wouldn't be the right English word to use, but that's like what it was. It was like a, a euthanized dystopia. And for once, like for once. So it was so cool to see that mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. almost. It was not believable, but it was like th- there was just so much world building they did with the words yeah. that were on that page. man. Like I'll, I'll never forget reading about Pan Am and, and the districts and everything. And I'm always trying to think. I was like, do they mean Panama? Like, are they talking about Panama, dude? <laughs> but I, but no, they weren't. It was like a totally different country and everything. And there was lore to, like, why they do this. Because it wasn't the first one they did. You know, like, they started off with the book saying, like, this isn't the first reaping we're having. Yeah, It's no. the 74th. Mm-hmm. So, how, yeah. so you're telling me it is for 74 years prior? Like, the, in the po- and, you know, and I was a big politics guy. And there was a lot of politics in this book with the whole snow districts and everything like that. So, no, I, I read this as soon as it came out, I think because of some girl, but I fell in love with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that, dude. Yeah, this was this was funky seeing like how uh, like it blew up for almost like a franchise, but it wasn't quite a franchise. Like it was a very contained series, thankfully. Um, you yeah. know, now that we're, you know, 10 years almost done with the series. Um, we've kind of now dove into spinoffs and whatnot, and I guess it is becoming a franchise. We'll kind of discuss that later on about the movie. Um, but at the time, dude, this is weird. You know, it was this new thing coming out. It was its own series, yet it still, to me, always felt one step behind Harry Potter almost. Um, and I say that mainly because of Mockingjay being put in the two movies, just like Deathly Hallows and whatnot. Um, yeah. but I mean, like, this was coming out right when Harry Potter was finishing up, so it felt like a safe time frame to kind of do so. Um, because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of these, like, young adult, like, adaption films or adaptations, like, um, it's, it's almost like a King of the Hill battle when they're coming out back to back. You know, Divergent, I feel like, didn't do as well because it had Hunger Games to compete with, you know. It's definitely Those one of the books are so much better. See, I never read anything about Divergent. I never got into it, thankfully. <laughs> a million times better. So much changed, too. Well, that's a whole different topic. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it, this one always just fell one step behind Harry Potter for me. So I did see this, I think, opening weekend as well. Um, I was blown away by this first one. Um, but I think more vividly than remember watching it in theaters, like that memory... I remember seeing it on like rerun on TV quite a bit the next year or so. Like I remember catching this halfway on TV with uh, Xavier from from CV12, like my original you, Danilo. You know, and we just like it was a Star Wars movie. Sat down and watched half of it, like it was nothing. You know, and just in the middle of the movie. Um, so yeah, this first one's definitely it holds up in my opinion. Um, let's go ahead and talk about some stand up moments for it. Um, I really, really enjoy kind of seeing like the whole Tracker Jacker sequence in particular. That's where this movie starts to take a turn, where we see that that, that relationship with Rue start to build. Because we kind of knew that once we see the character, 
um, early on in the film when she's selected for the reaping itself, like, ah, shit, a kid's gonna die, you know? Like, it's quite clearly implied only one person's getting out of this thing, but then to see that there's gonna be a relationship established was was something else for sure. Um, what were some standout moments of this first film for you, Kayla, off the top of your head? Um, honestly, I think I would have to say probably Rue. Just okay. because, especially if you've already read the book, you know that Rue's, um, I'm sorry, Katniss sees a lot of Primrose in Rue. So mm. she's very, very protective of her. Uh, and just like seeing that relationship build and like knowing what was going to happen, especially, was just heart wrenching. Um, but I think they definitely did that scene justice. Okay. Sure. So I, I think that you. and the sacrifice at the end where they were willing to take the berries is very like core memories for me. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's okay. Mm-hmm. I got you. Yeah. My biggest core memory mm-hmm. of this movie is recognizing now that, uh, <laughs> this is the first like 20 minutes of shaky as hell for no reason in this thing. <laughs> the handheld <laughs> work is all over the damn place. Um, Danilo, what were some standout moments for you of this piece? Yeah, it's uh, funny because it's the almost the exact same. For sure, when Rue died, I thought they got it very, very close to the book, if not like spot on. Because I remember mm. I read it, I like reread that passage a few times uh, because it was just so like it pulled at your heartstrings at that point. Because you you were a good two thirds of the way book done. Like they kind of wrapped up the book as very much as fast as they wrapped up the end of that movie. Um, so seeing that was very cool. And also the whole berries thing at the very end where they made the game maker eat the berries. They never said he ate them. They never said he died. They just put him in a room with the berries. And I thought that was a very interesting like idea in a book to mm. just have you then wonder. Because you see it in movies all the time. But that was the one time for me I remember I read it in a book where it was like, okay, he has two options. He's either going to starve to death. He's going to eat the freaking berries and just kill himself. And, like, those are brutal options both ways you look at it. And it's like, wow. Like, you know, like, Mr. Snow, like, Mr. Snow's up there now with, like, your top bad villains almost at the same Mm -hmm. time. Um, So it was for sure that I rewatched these movies, I think, last summer, actually. Uh, I just plopped them all in for one weekend over uh, um, in the 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 4K player. And, uh, you know, looking back at it now, I love when she shoots at at the pig. That they have the roast or whatever. Yeah, so yeah, the apple. Definitely. That. And I think a lot. Of, and I think a lot of the flashbacks were good. Mm-hmm. Brett and um, Peta. Oh, when when she's sitting yeah. on the rain. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just based on the book, like just based on my recollection of reading the book and how they described it. You know, okay. I think they did it yeah. right in the movie, time wise, editing wise. I guess it would be called. Okay. I really feel like. The book was pretty much like the movie portrayed the book perfectly. There was only one big part that was different, and that was in the movie. Katniss got her the Mockingjay pen from Greasy Say in the black market or Greasy Sal, um, and in the book she got it from the mayor's daughter. So yeah. the mayor's daughter played a huge part actually in book one. Mm-hmm. I heard about but it that. It was very. Yeah. It was they they were practically the same though, so I loved that. Okay, well, let me ask you guys this in particular then, because um, I didn't read any of the books, actually. Like I said, like I was always, you know, mainly Harry Potter, which... Yeah. I know, I know, man. <laughs> um, but was there anything about this that you don't like off the top of your head that may be affected by having read the book? Like some other form of inaccuracy or anything like that? I think that's the only one I can think of. What about you? 
Yeah, no, for me, no. Like, this was as close to the book as I... Like, they hit the points that they needed to from the book, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Let me ask you guys this, then. Let's go ahead and wrap up with this first film. Danilo, what would you rate the first Hunger Games? Uh, An absolute coruscant. An absolute coruscant. Yeah. Okay, very nice, man. For me, this is a... This is the best middle way to Coruscant, man. The shakiness is really rough at first. And I think in comparison to the rest of this, I don't know if this was an artistic choice for this first one in particular, um, but this movie's the first one's ugly. Like, the the coloring is just funky, and I get, like, it kind of mashes in with a dystopia type of feel with everything, especially with them being, like, coal miners. But it's not consistent Mm -hmm. with the rest of the series. It loses that kind of dreadful look, um, which makes this one stand out in a funky way. Um, so I think if they had kept that look with the rest of them, maybe it wouldn't, I wouldn't feel some like weird way about it, but it is kind of ugly to look at, but, um, yeah, it, it's the best in the way course not for me. Kayla, what would you rate the original Hunger Games? What exactly is your rating system? Like, <laughs> I don't know the bread, but I can tell you like based off of five. Um, give me, give me one through five a four. then. A four? Okay. I'll do a four out of five, yeah. <laughs> okay, sweet. So the best been for like you as well. Four point two five, yeah. I for, I forget you stopped after four movies. I can't have you read the rating system, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Good job, guys. Good job. Um we're gonna go take a look at our audience real quick. We got some comments talking about their favorite Hunger Games films. Um we got Gamer Harold saying the first Hunger Games because that's the only one he's seen. <laughs> Great work, Harold. Great work. Um, And then actually my girlfriend commented. uh, She said Catching Fire for the characters for being her favorite. So good pick as well. Definitely has some good interesting characters coming into the sequel. Um, It really throws me off seeing Jeffrey Wright in Catching Fire. Really funky addition to this. But Danilo, give us your recap of Catching Fire. We get the introduction on one of the greatest lines ever. And it is the quarter quell, dude. I've I've never been. I, what does that mean, dog? I'll never forget reading that. I was like, what the fuck does that mean, bro? And it was just the coolest thing ever. And they, she, Kat, I remember Katniss was explaining in the first few chapters, saying we have to go fucking back. And she's like, oh shit. And for I thought they were reading it also like Hamish was Hamish could get in the ring as well then. Mm-hmm. And you're like. God, this is gonna be one of the coolest things ever if we throw Hamish back in here reading it, man. Oh God, dude, it was. There are so there are very little memories that I have of me reading. There are very little memories I have of me just loving stuff that I had read. The Hunger Games will always be top tier for me, man. So we get back into it, man. It's the quarter quell. Hamish can get in. Everyone who won goes back in. People who haven't won are also put it in the pot and everything. And you're kind of like, oh. Sh- fucking around anymore dude like like snow got like someone someone when it got under his skin like he's pissed mm-hmm. uh basically not at this point and he sees that she's starting this rebellion almost this this instance of like you know well there she stood up to the capital and she won whether it be symbolically or through the games shit maybe i can stand up to the capital and win as well and you know we all know that the capital likes to control everything so we're going in, dude, and we get our we get the people. They all get nominated again. We get some winners. We get some newbies. Basically, we get just Katniss and Peta and a bunch of other people who we haven't met. Sure. Um, so that's cool. We get the old. We get the young kid, and we get the uh, fucking grandma. And they kind of they kind of like 
rush it a bit. I, not rush it. I don't think rushing is is the right word. But they kind of speed the process along of showing the entertainment side of it. We go almost right to the games in in uh, Catching Fire, but I think is which I think is what makes it a more e- engaging movie. You know, mm-hmm. we knew we because we, we know if we read the books that this is what's like. We already got that part. We read it. We know what's happening off screen. We don't need to see it anymore. Well, let's get right to it because we got some good stuff going. We get a new arena. We get all that fun shit. What have you? So yeah, Jeffrey writes in it. Uh, Seymour's now added to the game makers, and they they're almost playing God now at this point. That's what they are playing. They're playing God. They can do whatever mm-hmm. the hell they want. In the first one, but not to this much extent. You know, we see sure. Bob, we see trees, we see waves, we see them moving shit like a clock, all that fun stuff. We see it's a dome, everything like that. And so we had this young guy and this grandma who are working together with Jeffrey Wright and Katniss and Peta. And Katniss and Pete are doing everything. Everyone now has came to the understanding of like the games are dumb. We these games to happen, so we're not gonna like kill each other. Basically, we are going to try and outsmart the game makers. Mm-hmm. Um, people follow along with that. Some people don't, and you have to go kill them in like the first fucking two minutes of the of the bell ringing <laughs> or whatever. And you're like, oh shit. Well, what can you do? You know, like, mm-hmm. go a pair. Like you know, go a pair, guys. Um, so anyway, though, you know, all that fun stuff happens. We find out that the arena is like a clock. Basically, that's why there's lightning strike. We find out more and more about that. We get Peta and Katniss more and more falling, quote unquote, like in love, I guess, so to speak, if that's what you would call it. Uh, we also get the grandma guy hanging out, trying to survive and everything like that. Uh, eventually, it comes to an end where we get Katniss shoots an arrow or whatever at the fucking dome and it like electrocutes the thing. And the games are then offline and you're like, oh, fuck, what the hell just happened? Mm, and mm. the game makers come in and they take PETA and then the rebel the rebels come in and they take Katniss. And we find out at that one, well Seymour Hoffman's actually um the good guy. Like not yeah, good guy. He works for the rebels. You're like, wow, pretty, pretty cool. And then <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's like part two is like, oh fuck, we gotta go get PETA. Yeah, yeah basically. He's like, we gotta go get PETA, yeah. After pulling a Toy Story with the claw and grabbing him out. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, man. This was. Um, <clears throat> don't we get more I... violence too? Don't, I said, don't we get more violence with the peacekeepers as well in this? Don't they start, like, don't we see them go down in districts and, like, get a little bit more aggressive yeah. towards people? And Yeah, you know, because, like, we see. We see Ruth's family, like, they react to her death That's... when they're in their district. And, like, they shoot one of the guys who does the whole finger thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. This was, I gotta be honest with you, man, really weird to rewatch on this one. I've only seen Catching Fire once, um, and this was actually my first ever date. Um, really, really funky watching this one. Um, the the girl I, I was dating at the time, she unfortunately has passed away since then, so it's really weird watching this. Um, but yeah, Catching Fire, this was, was a lot better than I like remembered for some reason, though. Um, I do think it's probably my favorite of the of the four Hunger Games films itself. Um, I love the fact that they kind of have to go back into the games, but there's a twist this time. Um, I agree. It would have been really cool to see Hamish kind of like thrown into this as well. I do wish we had gotten that for at least part of this, you know, um, yeah. to kind of see that dynamic in play. Cause he's, he's always talked about how much of a badass he was kind of thing. Um, and he has this charisma with him at this point too, but we never see it fully in action, which kind of blows. Yeah. Um, 
I'm also a big fan of, of the clock stuff, man. Of the dome being basically like whole clock system. You know, it's like a big fucked up saw trap for the series. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when was the first time you watched this one, Danilo? Because I saw this in theaters, like I said. Opening weekend. Um, I remember <laughs> I went to go see it back again at the AMC Forum 30. Okay. Now, this one came out later, like, I feel like. So the Hunger Games was made. It made us money. Then it was like a, like a year, I believe, or two years until they made this one. Then. Just one year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So by that time, though, I already have completed the series, and I don't remember much of the. I don't remember much of Catching Fire, at that point. Okay. Um, because I re- I just sped read them all in like a good year. The Hunger, okay. Hunger Games series, you know. So I was like, mm-hmm. well, I don't really remember it, but it come it came back to me as I was like watching it when I was a kid or whatever. But I mainly remember this for um. More of the peacekeepers being, you know, not peacekeepers, and I think that's where you get you got the line of like the difference between peacekeepers and like peacemakers or whatever. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So there was that, and then I remember just the ending of how Peta got taken and um, she shot the freaking dome thing or whatever, and that the grandma was in it. I think that's because I had a grandma, or I do have a grandma. But yeah, that's all I remember. It's weird to remember that, dude. The, the, the guy kisses the grandma. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, dude. I know, you yeah. You have to read it. You have to read yeah, it. Yeah, like, reading it, you understand it. Yeah, but... Uh, what's, what's the connection of that? What? She's just... She's a mother figure to him. Like, she's yeah. always been there for him. And she was willing to go in there knowing she was going to die. Because she wanted to save the other person. It's sweet. It's sad, but it's really sweet. So she kisses him on the lips, bro? Well, you, yeah, but trying <laughs> <It's> her <laughs> contract, man. She's probably said, if I do have to go through all these fucking training, I'm gonna, I, I, might, I better be able to kiss the hot guy on the lips or whatever. I don't blame her. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but continue to kneel, anyways. Yeah, and there, there was just, I, I, I remember more of it when I start thinking about it because you got all these new animals, I guess they would be called, or inventions that the game makers made, and I, mm-hmm. and that was. Once again, what was just so cool about this, like there's lore to this because it wasn't like they just crafted something. It wasn't like they were just like, you know, made this animal. Yeah, it came from a district. It came from a the, before the war, all you know, 75 years ago. And they added to it. Why did what did they add to it to make it more deadly to people? You know, mm. tracker jackers, the, the like humanoid things. I remember or even something that was like weird lore in the book if i remember correctly and all that fun stuff so it was a very it was cool to watch i liked it okay mm-hmm. okay and kayla what about you did you have a chance to watch this in theaters as well i assume i did okay. oh yeah same as him like opening night <laughs> <I was there>. <laughs> <laughs> okay what were your initial reactions walking out of the theater from watching this um all like i was awestruck i just you know it was such a crucial like fundamental part of my childhood especially because like when i say i read that book religiously that was like that and harry potter was like the book i read like once a year every year okay um so yeah it was it was amazing to see okay very nice um for me this is where i kind of fell off of hunger games unfortunately like i don't really know i I just didn't watch mock and jay in theaters um obviously watched ballad of songbirds and snakes in theaters um but yeah i'd for i've been literally intuited this episode 
had no clue how this series ended. This was as much exposure as I had, which is really funky looking back on it. Um, <laughs> let's go ahead and talk about some things that we didn't particularly like about this movie. Um, Danilo, what are some that stands out with you of reflecting this one? Uh, nothing really. Um, I guess <laughs> when I was a kid, I was just like, well, I guess they could have done more showing of like the entertainment before we got into the games. But like I said in my recap, like by that point, like I read the book, I mm. I know how it all goes, so I don't always need to see that. And we saw the most important part of it was where they all stood together and were like, "We're pregnant. We she can't go do this," you know. Um, yeah. so yeah, I really didn't have a problem with it. Okay, that's fair enough. And Kayla, about you, any any gripes with this one in particular? I mean, nothing major. I would say the only thing that I was kind of disappointed in and not and that's that's putting it really loosely is um i wish you could have seen more of the exchange based off the book between Peta and haymitch um of why haymitch because haymitch wanted to volunteer he wanted to go into the arena yeah i remember um, that, yeah. But, yeah but in the book it was just a lot more descriptive and there was a lot more reasoning behind it which the movie didn't fully capture Gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. That would be kind of cool. I feel like that's... Uh, it, it's my gripe with the story, but not in the movie necessarily, is I wish I saw more of that. Because if it's being true to the source material, I get it, is what it is. Um, but it would have been cool to see some more of Hamish doing some actual stuff in this one. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this one holds up for sure, though. I really like that the domes, or the, the Hunger Games itself is different. Um, you know, Katniss shooting the lightning bolt arrow is, is cool as hell. Definitely one of like the most badass moments in this entire series, I'd argue. Um, but catching fire, man, like this one, this one holds up very, very well. Surprisingly, um, Danilo, what would you rate this one? Probably a Death Star, man. <laughs> there you go. I don't. Not bad. Not bad. For me, this is this is a best spin as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what could have been done better about this one. It, it feels very much like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean too. You know, where it's it's definitely not a complete story. It's very much leading into more, but it's not like a, a cheap cliffhanger, if that makes sense. You know. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh, Kayla, what is your rating for Hunger Games: Catching Fire? I would give it a like a four point five out of five. I loved it. Okay. So. Yeah. Fair enough. Very nice. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Now, Danila, before we go ahead and start talking about Mockingjay Part One. How are you feeling, man? Are you feeling like it's uh, it's time to give away that code? What are you feeling like, Doug? Yeah, I'm feeling like it, man. Do I should I drop it in the chat? Drop it in the chat or drop it in the, the thing? Whatever you pick, man. Because we got podcast listeners that have a chance too, technically. Oh yeah, yeah. So let's do it out here. Let's do it out here. All right. Go to lionsdate.com slash. Oh, we got hold on, man. Hold on, I gotta have a little bit of a drum roll. Come you on. You need man. a drum roll, dog. I'm gonna think like 20 <laughs> people just got shot. <laughs> Cannon's going off, man. Jesus. Little snap. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay. Continue, man. Continue. I'll put my little fingers up for you. All right, dude. I need a C. 34. VV. PH. 9. FKY. W. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Zero or O. I, I can't tell. K A and seven. There you go, guys. There you go. That is the code for the Hunger Games 4K collection digitally on Voodoo. Um, Danielle, give that code one more time if you want mine. Yeah, man, no problem. C34VV 
PH nine FKY W O or zero K A and then seven. Very nice, man. If, if one of our listeners for the live stream, if by any chance you do claim this code, just give us a comment down below so we can kind of give a disclaimer for the podcast people. But uh, if you don't hear it from us in this episode, go ahead and give it a chance, guys. You never know. You just might have all four movies in your library waiting for you soon. So why not? Yeah, these are the these are the Steelbook ones. So wouldn't that be 4K then? Yeah, Is these are 4K. 4K yeah. yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, shout out to you guys. You get all four. Yeah. Might as well try it and look at one code. That's a steal. <laughs> right? Might as well. Pun intended. <laughs> but, Danila, let's go ahead and hear your recap for Mockingjay Part 1. Yeah, dude. Now we're dialed in, man. My boy Gail's back. See ya, PETA, dude. Your ass is done, bro. Gail is back in the game. He said, Katniss, I'm here, baby. I'm here. <laughs> and like, oh, shit. Gail, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. But I still love you. And you're like, Let's fucking go, baby. Let's fucking go. So, Gil's back in the in the groove. Game Maker's back in. Hamish is back in. We get more information now all of a sudden as well. Mm. Capital bombs on District 12. Capital said, fuck Katniss's home life. We're dropping bombs. Um, And they didn't bomb all the other districts. They just did a point for 12. They're sending more peacekeepers in the other districts, if I remember correctly, right? They didn't yeah, bomb yeah. the other one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, they're underground in this one or whatever. And this is now where we're starting to get political, where Katniss is going to be our person. Katniss is going to be the person who's going to be the face of this rebellion. She's had training in the first book. She's had a bit of training in the second book. Now it's her time to start rebellion. As they say in the book, like in the movie, movie in that book, they've planned this since day one. This is, like Kat, Katniss being picked was the reason the Hunger Games did everything. Is the reason why this going on dude they're trying to lead katniss they're leading gale they're trying to get out of the rubble they're going through the rubble they're going to break into the capital basically to try and get Peta because that is where he's coming from mm-hmm. we see Peta now also having these messages to the districts and 12 saying stop stop i love the capital capital is great you know and we we know as readers and watchers that Peta's getting tortured you know He's, it's not him. They're doing something to him. He doesn't look the same. What the hell is happening? But here we also get more introduction to, once again, one of the greatest villains ever created, President Snow. Whether on screen and on book and on paper, we're getting more of him. We're getting more dialogue from him. We're getting why he's the way he is a bit. Why mm-hmm. he's all upset. All that fun stuff. And we get more, so and we, so by doing that we get into the capital as well and we see more of the uh the um difference in class it would be in, in wealth i guess that's about the difference in wealth between the capital and all the other districts so you're like oh shit like actually like the capital's not good at all i'm not that anyone thought it was good before but you kind of like president Snow's like a real bad guy here like it's not yeah, a little it's not, bit. <laughs> yeah so you're getting all that um Katniss becomes, you know, the Mockingjay now. We get all, we get what a Mockingjay is. We get that fun stuff. And just like the movie, the book split into two, or just like the book, the movie split into two, where they find um, P- uh, Peta, they rescue him, they have to do all these fun stuff. And I will never, ever forgive the <laughs> filmmakers and the writers 
for not putting that demon hound or whatever that sounded like Rue in the movie, dude. I will never forgive them for doing that because that was in the book and that was one of the greatest scenes ever written in in yeah. fiction. It was amazing. You were just like, "Oh my god, what is the capital like constructing here?" They're 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 they're, they're unbeatable at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but anyway, they get Peta, they get him <laughs> out of there. Katniss is doing her Katniss shit. Gail Gail's still there, and also Primrose now has grown up. A little we bit, see, yeah. And that was that. Yeah. This was the first time where we see Primrose as like she's not uh, in her single digits anymore. She's like a teen. She's like a good fourteen or whatever now. So mm-hmm. we see that time now passed a relatively good amount of time where she is not much more mature, and she's now Katniss's age as when Katniss got reaped for the Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was very interesting as well to read about in the book and see in the movie. So they capture, they get Peter, they get him out of there, they get him back home, and instantly Peter tries to kill um, Katniss. And you're kind of like, yo, what the hell? But then you realize, like, oh, he's just been absolutely brainwashed to yeah, shit. a little bit. And so that's how part one of The Mockingjay kind of ends in, in the book and kind of how the movie ends. It yeah. Really is how the movie ends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, real quick, we got another message in the comment section. We got a Tone Dog in the house, our man Anthony. Um, if you guys are familiar with the Ken Dog Project, he was part of that as well. Shout out to you, man. Happy birthday, dude. God, I can't believe you came to come hey, spend birthday, some time brother. with us. Happy birthday. <laughs> so that's hey, what's get up. a vodka yeah. crayon in the tank, man. Tell him to get a little vodka crayon in the tank. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> so, Danilo, obviously I didn't get a chance to watch Mockingjay 1 or 2 in theaters. Um, what about you? Is this also an opening weekend event for you? Oh, I think it took me a while to go see this one, actually. I don't think I was opening weekend, but I did go see it in the theater. So I um, was like maybe a week or two late, but I okay. had to go see it. Yeah. And gotcha. by this time, my book knowledge was gone. Like, I, I forgot. I just totally forgot about, re- you know, everything that happened. But I I remember the root thing. I remember the root thing for sure. Dang. Okay. Gotcha. And Kayla, what about you? Was this also opening week for you or what? I'm pretty sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was avid. I was like the first one in there. <laughs> I feel you on that, man. I feel you on that. Dang, I feel bad. I should have. Sh- where was I? What was the hell was I doing at 2014, man? Yeah. Right. Get with the program, young Right. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll go ahead and tell my uh, my 14 year old self that. Uh, Tony, go ahead and comment down below what your favorite Hunger Games movie is, guys. Keep in mind, we are doing a giveaway. Um, go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel and follow Kayla's TikTok. Link in the uh, description down below for you as well. We're giving away all four movies on 4K over here. Um, Danilo just gave away a 4K copy of the digital version of Hunger Games. Kayla's giving away the books, and we got some Galaxy of Film stickers we're giving away in a few minutes as well. So stay tuned for that, everyone. Um, but Danilo, off the top of your head, what were some standout moments for you with this one in particular? Um, for sure, her interactions with Primrose. Um, it wasn't as deep as it was in the book, but I really liked all those interactions. You saw Katniss kind of become almost this mother figure because her mother is now old. If I remember the book, her mother was like couldn't even take care of like Prim the way like Katniss wanted her to. Mm. Um, yeah. So like they didn't do that as much justice in the movie, but it was always good to see those interactions seeing more of the political side saying this is how we're going to market you you're you're actually going to need to be marketed which is so weird to think about like a rebellion like to market like a hero so to speak mm. but it happens all the time like as we get older you are like oh this you know you actually do do that the real people actually do stuff like this um so all mm. that 
but the big standout and the only gripe I have with probably the entire series is that whole Rue thing. Is that they really? didn't use that bear looking thing. Yeah, I, I think that would have been a great thing to do. I think it would have been excellent. Would have gave the fans what they you know, what they've been sitting there since the first movie came out. They read all those books and it cause it was just so iconic. Mm. That relationship was so iconic reading it the first time. Reading the death was so iconic. And then watching that death then translate to the screen in almost perfect accuracy as well with the flowers and everything like that. Um, you know, it, it just would have completed the completed that whole arc that was going on for full circle. Because when that yeah. happened in the book, that's when Katniss, like, even turned it up another notch where she's like, yeah, like, I'm not, I'm not taking any more prisoners anymore either here. Like, if the Capitol's doing this, then I'm, I'm, I'm going crazy. Like, I'm going to go crazy with my team. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. Nice, man. Okay. Man, I, I, gotta, I may need to go ahead and like, pick up uh, Mockingjay and read that chapter in particular to see what you're talking about, man. Because that sounds, it sounds dope, but, like, I have no context for the hell you're talking about <laughs> other than just your description. If you're going to if you're gonna do that, you got to start from the beginning. Come on, man. Like, okay, what? dude. Come <laughs> on. I got, I got plenty of other shit I got to watch here. <laughs> uh, we got some more comments down below as well. Tony's saying he was kicked to see... Uh, we were streaming this evening, and he also loves that first movie. Um, and let's see. We also got Mason from Mason, or excuse me, MC Media down below. Um, yeah, he's never seen Hunger Games, so sick contribution. And <laughs> <laughs> still wicked. Um, yeah, man, to be very honest with you, I, I do not like Mockingjay. I don't. Um, I'm not a big fan of, like, the whole Freedom Fighter Rebellion storyline, which I know is, is super much of a hot take, because I love Star Wars. Um, it makes zero sense at all. But I don't know, this one does not hit home for me. Um, I like when this movie, we see the reaction of her actually having to go to District 12 to see for her own eyes that everything's been bombed. I don't like those kind of reactions. But the, the world of the Hunger Games, Panem, like, I have no attachment to it. Um, I don't see enough of it for me to really care in certain parts, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe if I saw more districts, you know. We, we see a bit. Like, we see some of Eight in Catching Fire, and we see some of Rue stuff, and we see, like, during the reaping, you know, different clips of just them having the, the ceremony. But I'm not seeing the, the day-to-day stuff of anything, kind of like we see of 12, um, and a little bit of 13 in these two here. But, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Mockingjay just was, was a bit boring for me. You know, I think it's really interesting that, you know, um, that Katniss was more or less the, the poster child for this rebellion. And to see them having to do the marketing stuff for it, for sure. But that's the majority of this movie. It gets a little old a little quick. Um, maybe if instead of we just had a three-hour Mockingjay piece instead of it being two separate films, I think would have been paced a bit better, but it just you know lingers a little too long for me to to get excited towards the end, especially when there's something that I'm hearing, you know, that should have been added to this. It would have been ten times better. That just makes me more upset, you know, that we didn't get that. Um, but Kayla, where's your mind at with Mockingjay? Where do you stand out with this one? Um, so there's. There's two very distinctive things for me that I can remember. And I want to actually ask um, you guys, the the hospital scene happened in part one, right? Yes. I think so, yes. right? Okay, I wanted to verify. Um, so in the books, 
I and the movies too, but the books especially, the the hospital scene and the bombing of District 12 was so more heart like so much more heart wrenching. Um, because just like the trauma, like you have to remember Katniss was going through an insane amount of PTSD. So to walk over skulls and bodies of people that like she had grown up with and like had like, it's, it's traumatizing. And then to meet all these people who are already hurt and injured and then have to like know that they were all, you know, unalive after is, is heart wrenching. So those were two scenes that really did a lot to me emotionally. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, Danilo, emotions aside, you know, you've been very vocal about being a very political person um, when it comes to your lore and your world building kind of stuff. So obviously, yeah. with these being the most like politically influenced films in the series, uh, I'm curious to kind of hear what your thoughts on with that goes. Like, is this something you just kind of ate up the entire time? You know, or is this kind of, you know, like a, like a B-tier world building for you still? Well, I never finished Mockingjay. I never the movie or the book? The book. Okay. I don't know why. I just never did. Um, I got the cliff notes at the end of it. I think that's when my reading started to die, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> and wise, I was, like you, like you said as well, I was over it at this point. I was over the whole... Um, you know, we're leading her as the freedom fighter because in the book there was much more Katniss going to districts. There was much more like yeah. how you how you said you didn't care for the rest of the districts or Pan Am as a whole. Mm. Mockingjay Part One made you care for that. I remember she had to see someone hang. I remember she went to go through the whole um, what do you call it? Uh, yeah, District Twelve. She had to go see the bombing and everything like that. Mm. We get I'm pretty sure we even get more district more not info yeah we get more lore about her dad even from this book as well maybe not maybe that was in one but that's what i thought but yeah she's going through these districts in mockingjay very much so as like oh my god katniss everything's here katniss everything's here like the peacekeepers are there too sometimes sometimes like sometimes they are they get called sometimes they're not and like they're just firing on all cylinders when they do get there. Sure. Like sure. they're just shooting anyone. Like they don't care who they're shooting out at this point. Um, mm-hmm. like they're just opening fire. And Katniss is like very much aware of that. So I think this is the one time where the book did it better than the movie for part one at least. Because I remember I read part one of the book, but I didn't read part two of the book. But I watched both parts of the movie. Um, so part one though, I was over the whole. She's you know she oh she doesn't want to be the poster child. Like I already saw that trope in Hungry Games one. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't need to see that. What I need to see now is like kind of what you said. I need I need Pan Am to be a character now. Yeah, yeah, Pan exactly. Be, I need that to now enter the forefront if we really don't want to get behind President Snow, if that makes sense. I think the thing that fascinated me the most about this was President Snow's interaction and that political side and not so much about the freedom fighters. Because okay. at this point, the movie came out already. We, I've seen more movies and read more books about freedom fighters and all that, or, you know, uprising and rebellion. So that trope I'm done with. So seeing Snow do what he did to try and keep control of this was very, very interesting as well. Was okay. probably the most interesting thing about Mockingjay in a, in a whole, actually. Yeah, I definitely think when, yeah. when it comes to Mockingjay, Snow then becomes the big bad, finally, that's worthy of the title of big bad. You know, we, we get his, his extra dimension, more or less. 
You know, yes. we can then compare him to our emperors, our Vaders, you know, our Voldemort's, yeah. our, uh, our Saruman kind of thing. By all means. That's awesome, man. Um, Kayla, what are some of your thoughts on Mockingjay Part 1? Some dislikes, even if you have some of those off the top of your head. I will say, from what I can remember, Mockingjay Part 1 is definitely the first time we see it kind of venture away from the book. And they mm. didn't include as much as, like, Part 1, our Hunger Games and Catching Fire. Um, but I will say, Part 1 was kind of boring because it was a build-up to Part 2. Like, sure. it's all the info, all the reasons. It's very, very political. Um, so, yeah. It's mm. just that's probably the best thing I could say in Vina. <laughs> it reminds me of Deathly Hallows Part 1 in that way, because it's just a lot yeah. of build-up, a lot of... Like, I think Part 1 of Deathly Hallows is good, and there's great moments, like Dobby's death at the end of that one and all that going on. Um, but we spend so much time in the woods looking for that one holocrux, you know, or um, yeah. at the Weasley house. And th this is the same thing. You know, the pacing just feels funky. It's like, okay, they get permission to do two films instead of one, for the one story. And so they really, really sit with that first one. And then the next movie, they're playing catch up almost. I, I feel like part two was just so much action. And I, mm. I kind of agree with you as far as if they had just made it a longer movie, it would have been better to follow. Yeah. Because um, part one was kind of a letdown for me. But at the same time, I will say, when I was reading and watching these as a child compared to now, um, my political viewpoints have changed drastically where like I can see like I was more interested in it, mm. you know, now that I'm older, if that makes sense. Sure, sure. Yeah, because I can see the like real life attributes to it. Okay, I can see where you're coming from with that. Mm -hmm. Daniel, yeah. what would you rate this first Mockingjay film? Yeah, this is where it dips. It goes down to a Bespin. Really? That high for you still, man? It is still that high, just because I have good memories with the whole series, but um, the other one's just, I don't know, it doesn't compare to the other ones. You know, there's just something about this where the characters who didn't need to be flat were flat, mm -hmm. but then the characters mm -hmm. who, like, also had to exceed expectations exceeded those expectations. Okay. Like, this was the first time where I was like, okay, I can get behind PETA. Like, you know, like he, but, but he's actually putting a performance for once. Um, sure. I can get behind Snow, but he's actually putting a performance for once. And I think Jennifer and same with Jennifer Lawrence and her interactions with um, young, the young Prim. I mm -hmm. think that I think those was um, yeah. I think those was like good, good highlights from the book that they took out of it. Okay. There was just something about this one where it was like it just it flatlined a bit. Yeah, mm -hmm. man. I I gotta be honest with you too. Like, I also, I, I, I'm not a PETA person at all in this series. I'm just not, yeah. man. I'm not. I remember. No one is. Obviously, you know, Twilight Team Edward and Team Jacob was kind of like the the big versus team thing of like these these uh these like YA movies coming out, you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, man. Team Peanut and Gale. Peanut sucks, bro. I'll be the first to say this man sucks the whole damn time. I he's hate very this guy. drab. <laughs> very drab. No, he just sucks, bro. He just sucks. He's he's, he's very two dimensional. Um, I don't give a shit about him the entire time. I don't I don't believe the love they have. Yeah, I can't believe. I, I God. When you she have to read the books. Oh, that's oh my gosh. The books go so more in like depth about how he loves her from like a young childhood. 
He it wasn't just randomly like her, the dude. weeping. He handed it to he her if he loved her. <laughs> no, no man, the, look. The books, yeah, the book, and the, this we'll talk about when we get to that last one. Yeah, the books does Kita so much better. I hope so, dude. Know. Because of all I know is, if I threw bread at my girlfriend, I wouldn't get a movie. Okay, his, his, <laughs> mom no a, his mom was gonna take a shotgun to her face, bro. He got beat for that, okay? Yeah. Well, look, yeah I wish they had a better job of showing the shotgun to the face in the movie then, bro. What? <laughs> I wish we should have seen the shotgun go to the face in the movie, at least. No, like, not, no, the shotgun to Katniss in the face. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no PETA slander allowed, Max, okay? <laughs> no, no, fuck PETA. PETA sucks, I'll, I'll, dude. Always be, I'll always be Team Gale. But they really, they actually did Peta a lot, a lot better in the in the freaking book. Okay, I hope like they just don't like Josh Hutcherson. Like, like a lot better. Like, like yeah, like yeah. <laughs> I will say the movies made Gail like so much more attractive to me. Like that almost convinced me to switch. Okay, that right there. <laughs> but yeah, I'm Team Finnick. That's my answer. Team Finnick. Okay, dude, that's that's invalid. Yeah. Anyways, Mockingjay Part One. This this one is uh. <sighs> this one's a hoth for me. Gotta be honest. This one really dips low. I, I don't like this one very much. Um, it's it's kind of okay, boring. Kind of drab, as Kayla likes to call it. Oh. But <laughs> not a big we fan of it. We were introduced to present, not present at this time, but we were. Oh well, yeah, we were introduced mm. to a coin in this one, weren't we? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and because in the book she was she's so monumental, mm-hmm. and in this one I just felt like they kind of was just like. We want snow first. Then we'll we'll like coin coin will be the next movie, but we want snow first, and also that didn't help either. See, dude, it's so weird yeah. to me hearing you compare a book to a movie for once. You've never talked about a book you've read before on the podcast. This is so weird. <laughs> I Man, love like, it. <laughs> <laughs> Kayla, what I is your you. rating for Mockingjay Part One? I'd say a three out of five. Okay. Any any reason in particular off the top of your head? I mean, it was the build-up, right? So it was a lot of political, a lot less action. Mm. So it was hard to keep you, like, engrossed in it. You know? Sure, sure. I gotcha. I gotcha. Before we go ahead and start talking about part two real quick, we got a comment. We got Shamim in the comment section down below, our director of fan relations here at Galaxy of Film. Um, we got a message saying, Sup, guys. The Autograph King is in post-production. Our big con is Lost Con 49, uh, November 24th and 25th. I'm on four panels, and I'll be seeing Craig Miller. That's cool, man. Craig Miller's a good friend hey. of Galaxy of Film. Um, That's Craig. Yeah, he was on the podcast last year talking Star Wars with us, the original one. Um, yeah. And, you know, he's also, we dropped that video version of the podcast a couple months ago. So check that out, guys. Craig Miller's a wonderful dude. Glad you're having a chance to kind of link up with him, man. So that's what's up, Shamim. But, Danila, go ahead, bro. Give us the recap of Mockingjay Part 2. Let's go ahead and wrap up. The, the Katniss arc of Hunger Games. Yeah. So, this is where everything starts to go down. Um, Coin, Coin's not a good president anymore. Snow, Snow's doing his all his fun stuff. They're going back and they're going to go kill Snow. We get the Hanging Tree song. We get Peta and Gale back together. Or Peta and... Uh, not Peta. Yeah, no, we do get that. We get an interaction between Peta and Gale, who are fighting for Katniss. We get the interaction between that whole love triangles coming together. Ever, ever, the culmination of all the Hunger Games books, all the Hunger Games movies are now into this one. Mm. Um, 
everyone's going for the capital. Everyone's rebelling. We see it happen. Coal miners, rice mi- rice pickers, crop pickers, the people who destroyed the capitals. And I have water. We get more of the freaking uh, people. Uh, what do we not people? Uh, the capital pe- peacekeepers are shooting at on all cylinders. Yeah, yeah. All this fun. Oh, not all this fun stuff. All this stuff that's just happening. And we see then the President Snow go down, um, and you're and and like it's just a calm. Like if you didn't read, if you if you just don't know what the Hunger Games is, you're not watching this movie. So I feel like there's nothing that really needs to be over explained in this. Everyone, everything's coming together. The rebellion wins. They take down President Snow, and all of them. They stop saying we're not districts anymore. We get the reveal of District 13 now, which comes out of nowhere as well. And I think that was also in part one of it as well. So I missed that in my recap. But uh, yeah, because that's where they were instead of 12. They were 13. So they do all that fun stuff. Then we get not the we get the Hunger Games again from Coin and Katniss and shoots her. And you're like, oh, my God, what the hell just happened? And then the I pretty I'm pretty sure the movie's just kind of like, yeah, we're not gonna talk about the same. We're like, here's here's Peta, not no, here's yeah, here's Peta and Katniss just hanging out or whatever in the forest, right? Yeah, there's yeah, no basically. Yeah, there's almost now no repercussions for or anything that we see at least for her killing Coin. Um, besides the gasp and everything, I think Hamish is like, what the hell did you do? But he wasn't too upset by it. And we also <laughs> at this time. In the real world, get the death of Seymour Hoffman, which that which is hard then because he does play a role in the book as well in the movie, and so they're gonna have so they have to skirt on that whole relationship as well for both of these. I'm pretty sure. I think he died after Catching Fire, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm. It was close. Yeah. Yeah, it was either after Catching Fire or right after Mockingjay one. But yeah, he passed away unfortunately. So they had to skirt skirt around all that. Um, and yeah, and then the Hunger Games just is kind of over for now. Where Katniss still thinks it comes back, she goes with Peta. They have a kid together. They're out by the tree where her and Gail were, and they're just enjoying life. But Katniss still, you know, has the has the PTSD from from the games. Yeah, dude, how are you gonna bring him to the tree where you and your ex were over there getting it on at, dude? Come on. Yeah, and, and I think I think in the book we jump a few years. Well, I think we yeah yeah we jump. yeah because yeah. yeah, they have two kids. Yeah. One is like four yeah. or five by the time they have their second one, kind of yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, dude, Peta sucks in this one too. I gotta be real with you. I hate him, bro. I hate Peta. No, I, I hate him. <laughs> I, I hate him in the movie, dude. I hate him in the movie too. I, I was such I a girl guy. He sucks, man. The, the movies, I was Team Gale, but the books, Team Peter, all the way. Okay, but if you want like a more morally gray, Gale. More okay, sure. <laughs> I, He is. He's the reason freaking Primrose died. I'm. I'm gonna say that. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> okay. Now, Danila, what about you, man? Was you this a, Was this an opening weekend movie for you? This wasn't. This was a blockbuster. Like six months after it came out. Oh, wow. Okay, so this one dipped for you really hard. Mm-hmm. Not not for any reason, but just because it was so long since I read the book. And sure. like I mentioned, I never read the second half to Mockingjay. So there was then no 
oh, I need to go see it to go see what I just read all those years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I read, I think I read the last few chapters of Mockingjay, so I knew how everything ended because I wanted to know how Snow died. I want to know what happened with Katniss and where she chose Peter or Gale. Hmm. And I want to see what also happened with Primrose and the mom because, like I said, that relationship wasn't good in the beginning. In the beginning of Mockingjay, where the movie kind of like didn't show that, I don't think. Yeah. To the extent that they could have. Um, but yeah, speaking of which, I also forgot Primrose just died. Because <laughs> does oh, the movie show that? Yeah, yeah, we kind of see. Yeah. Yeah. But the movie almost portrays it that President Snow—I'm sorry, not Snow—President Coin's the reason behind it. But in reality, it was it was Gale in the books. Mm. Yeah, that's what I thought. And that, yeah. 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 Yeah, dude, I'm still Team Gale. It's okay to be Team Gale, dude. Like, I get it when you watch the movies. From the book, I also get it just because that was her first love. Like, like why yeah. like why disobey your first... Like, not disobey, but why, like, go against your first love? Like, why just leave him in the dust, you know? Mm-hmm. Not even the okay, dust, yeah. bro. She's, she's trying to get with both of them for, like, the whole... Se- <sighs> yeah. She was torn, okay? <laughs> torn, yeah. She was definitely torn between something, all right? That's the issue here. <laughs> <laughs> This is why this is why we can't be put on YouTube, man. <laughs> <laughs> and Kayla, was this an opening weekend release for you? I think so. Yeah, yeah okay. I think it was same. Dang, mm-hmm. so you were dedicated to this series for sure. I was fully dedicated. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And so, Danilo, um, where are you at? You know, with the politics in this one for you in particular, like how does this one hold up for you compared to the last one? You know, we've seen her being the poster child. Now we're seeing yeah. everything come to an end. Where are you at? So, for me, when it, I saw, like I said, I didn't finish the book. And so I can't speak to that level anymore of what I know, what I don't like. But I know sure. when it came to movie-wise, and I know if I write in the book, maybe my feelings would change. But I don't think so. I wanted her to kill Snow. Like, I wanted her to do that. Not because I think it completes the character because i know it wouldn't have completed the character because no would have won then but i wanted her to do it the same reason like in because we'll, we'll talk about the songbird one in a minute i i wanted katniss to to be what snow always thought she was but yet she never showed snow mm-hmm. that that savage yeah. that was in katniss i wanted that to happen for katniss i wanted katniss to own it she was always a hunter she always talked about going out and shooting things with her bow and arrow. She always was. She always made sure she was one step ahead, and she always took care of everything. So mm-hmm. she always had to deal with the hard choices. I wanted Katniss to kill Snow and live with that hard choice of like he didn't. He won. Like Snow won, but yeah. instead she let the other people do it. So I was like, okay. But uh, so that was my that was my that was my only gripe with it. Um, truthfully, you know. Uh, I love seeing the whole rebellion. I love I love just seeing everything come together. Sure. You know, from sure. from the beginning of when Rue's father was upset when Rue died to mm-hmm. you know, all of them with the hanging tree song and everything like that. And them coming out of the trees and shooting the peacekeepers, all that rebellious type stuff, all that action that we see in this one. Like I, I thought that was done very, very good. It was very cool to see. Um so mm-hmm. yeah. And I and I like President like I like President Snow's final like goodbye kinda too as well. That, like last little monologue he had before he did die. I always thought that was interesting. I agree, man. I love Queen's death in particular. Um, yeah, it, it looks cool as hell. Seeing you know her, her kind of like you know thinking she's gonna shoot Snow and turn to Queen instead. Um, 
you know, I'm also torn because I do like that it's the people to kill Snow. But I think I would have liked that more if, you know, Pan Am had become a character in the last movie or so, like we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, that yeah. would have had that communal uprising been satisfying if we had more to it at that point. Yeah. Um, but because- like I said, in the books, you do get that. Like, Pan Am is a character yeah. in the books where I don't think they did it in the movie yeah. to its fullest potential. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been cool to see, man. Would have been cool. Um, Kayla, what about you? What are some of your initial thoughts of part two of Mockingjay? Okay, so I, um, I'm i very much torn because the big part for me was Finnick's death. Um, spoiler alert, if you didn't know. Because <laughs> uh, the, the book was completely different than the movie. Um, and in the book, his death was a lot more gruesome okay. and a lot more meaningful. Um so that was a really hard one for me. And also, I will say growing up and like looking back at it, the choice she made between President Snow or President Coin was like so much more impactful, if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. like President Coin was going to do the same exact thing, but with Capital Kids. So, yeah, I don't know. if they, Did they say that in the movie? Did they go into like the depth of President Coins? No, see, and that was a whole other thing. I don't think they did. I think they just okay. said that, like, she. I think it was just that she said we're gonna have another Hunger Games, and before we got into the whole, um, Capital Kids or whatever, uh, Katniss okay. killed her. Yeah, no, I don't because yeah. Got you. So President Coins' whole concept was that she was gonna do the Hunger Games, but she was gonna do it with Capital Children, and just like more Capital Children. Um, so she was going down the same path as President Snow. So seeing that as you're like older and like understand, it just hit a little bit different, if that makes sense. Sure, I can see that. Um, but I think the way that they minimized Pinnock's death and Primrose's death and stuff like that in the movie compared to the book was really like disheartening to me. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah, because it was like huge. It was crucial moments. So. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, you called me when I was watching part two earlier, and uh, it, you know, I had to rewind it because I thought I missed Primrose dying. It was such a brief thing, actually. So you're 100 yeah. percent right when it comes to that, a thousand percent. I do. I think Primrose's death visual looks cool. Seeing Katniss set on fire in the ground—that is cool as hell to see. You know, yeah. Um, this one, this movie has some good moments for sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. Like. Maybe it's just because I'm not super into the whole Freedom Fighters storyline, or maybe because Panem isn't like a full character in this, unfortunately. But like the this one as well just isn't as great as the other entries for me. Um, I definitely think it's yeah. better than the first part, you know, of Mockingjay. Um, but it's still, by all means, you know, kind of like the bottom tier of the franchise for me. Um, and we'll get the Songbirds and Steak later on. But yeah, I'm not, not a big fan of this one either, unfortunately. Um, but the the last bit where she's like on the Capitol Hill, about to kill Coin, looks gorgeous. Cool seeing that, and that's like the the closest we get, in my opinion, to that whole achieving this being a character for the uh, yeah. for the films. Um, Daniela, what would you rate Mockingjay Part Two? Probably a Bespin on its way to Coruscant. It's still not it still falls off. It's still not one of my favorite entries. Um, but it's third up there for sure, out of all the four they did. Okay. Very yeah. nice, yeah. man. Very nice. What about you, Kayla? What's your rating for Mock and J Part Two? 
Um, I feel like I agree with Danilo, <laughs> but I would say like a three point seven five out of five. what dude don't come on (laughs) yeah just okay just because i i read the book like Mm -hmm. i see what they were trying to do but i also see a major parts they left out you Um, picked the honest number possible (laughs) (laughs) i just feel like that's it was third for me it was third for me okay it was yeah it let me down at times but it also made me feel things at times there you go i guess that's that's as much as you could ask for from an odd film (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) um for me this one's in a boo um like i said like it's it's much better than the first or excuse me it's better than the last mockingjay um but it's not as good as the other two unfortunately um yeah i don't know this one i'm I'm glad i watched all these recently for these rewatches um in chronological order so i did watch ballad of songbirds and snakes before i watched any of the hungry games films again for this um because it did make me feel like, okay, a bit of satisfaction seeing Snow's death finally, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So that was cool, having kind of that kind of backstory. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, just just not... This one isn't my Return of the Jedi ending, you know? This isn't the the piece where I considered everything to be, like, a perfect kind of bow on top of it. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the Hunger Games, officially. Um, there's you just had to be there, man. You had to be there in school. You just had to be there yep. in school talking to your buddies about it. Yeah. May the odds be ever in your favor. <laughs> yeah, dude. Golden time. You know, I For was real. watching instead of this time period, actually. Dead ass, <laughs> legitimately. was uh, a, a little series we've already covered on the podcast last year. Uh, a perfect trilogy known as the Diary of a Wimpy Kid trilogy. I was also focusing right. on those instead. It's up, up there, too, though. Question: Wasn't yeah. Twilight also coming out around the same time as Hunger Games? Because I feel like it was Hunger Games, the end of Harry Potter, and Twilight. Yeah. When was no, the no. last Twilight? Because I thought Twilight ended when I was in elementary school. I think it was later. I think it was around the same time. Don't quote me. Let me, let me what's IMDb this guys? Did Divergent start pretty soon after? Or was there a few? Mm-hmm. And then they tried with the Maze Runner, and that just flopped. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I the Maze, Maze Runner, Runner books dude. are so good, though. But the movie was trash. Um, t- the last Twilight movie is 2012. So yeah, right when Hunger Games was ending or starting up, okay. Twilight was ending. So because I feel like that was almost impactful. Yeah, with the part two stuff, like I, I forgot all about that as well. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A good connection there. Yeah, Twilight is something I'm not looking forward to ever watching. <laughs> <laughs> We'll do that yeah, on the podcast. Fast forward to year two, 2023, we have The Hunger Games returning in the form of a new spinoff film, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Um, this is more or less the President Snow origin story. Um, this book kind of came out of left field shortly after the next Harry Potter book came out, The Cursed Child. That's again, you know, I'm seeing this reoccurring theme where Hunger Games is always one step behind Harry Potter, it feels like. Um, and then, of course, the movie's following, and right away it reminds me of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Thankfully, though, this isn't a trilogy we're getting. It's a one-off film, um, unlike a guaranteed from the start trilogy like Fantastic Beasts. So the pacing isn't as comparable with this one, which I'm very happy about. Um but Danilo, go ahead and give us your recap for this new Hunger Games film, this fifth one. 
Yeah, we've now entered the t- dark ages of Danilo not reading. So I didn't read this book. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we start off literally in the dark ages, I think three years before the Hunger Games starts, and we see little young President Snow. And it looks like he's in District 12. Um, I don't know if he is. I don't know if that's clarified in the book or not, but or whatever. But that's what it looks like based on if you remembered the Hunger Games movies and what District 12 looked like. It had the little like statues and everything like that. And this it was snowing and everything like that. So that was kind of cool. But um, anyway, though, we keep going on and we see uh, we find out his father was a rebel and died. Um, and you're like, oh, that's really interesting. And his name's Cornelius Snow. OK, dude, Suzanne, please. <laughs> Get pick a new first name, dog. Pick a new first name. I don't think that was mentioned in the book. I don't think that was mentioned in the Hunger Games movies. I think it was just Snow. I don't think his name was Cornelius or whatever. But uh, okay, Suzanne, whatever, whatever floats your boat. So then we jump. I think like ten years later. Something right? crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thirteen, thirteen, right? Because we were. Well, the, the the Hunger Games we see is the tenth annual Hunger Games, and we were three years though before. Hmm. So he's 16 now. He's 16. But he looks like he's 21. Pick someone new, guys. Casting or, like, tone his age now. Anyway, though, whatever. We see Jules. Jules comes out of nowhere from fucking Euphoria, dude. And I'm like, wait a minute. What the hell? <laughs> There's that I'm third like, Euphoria what? star in this episode, dude. What the happened, dude? <laughs> so we see her, and they're all chilling or whatever. They're all chilling in the Capitol. We see Snow's in the Capitol and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And he's doing all his fun shit, what have you. And we see a 10th annual Hunger Games, like he just said, is starting up. And a new, um, oh god, look, Peter Dinklage is in it. A new interesting thing that happened is you're getting a mentor now when you're in the Hunger Games. Something new that started. Um, but the person who wins, who has the best grades at the universe at the at the Capitol, is going to get this big prize. So to go on to the university level, so you can be something of yourself in the Capitol. Mm-hmm. Um, Snow has a friend who's very much like, you know, how they in modern times they would say he's a leftist. He's very much human rights, all that fun stuff, activists, everything like that. Sure, sure. And Snow's just like, he understands it, but he also doesn't understand it, if that makes sense. Um, so anyway, though, the people are getting uh, reaped, and Snow has District 12 girl. Uh, Zoe something, right? Zoe... Lucy Gray? Lucy Gray. <laughs> God damn, dude. Lucy Gray. He gets Lucy Gray or whatever. You're like, oh shit, his buddy gets someone else who he went to school with back when he was on at that district or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we just see a more savage way of them treating the people who have been reaped uh, this time, where they're getting thrown in a cage, they're just being treated like animals, you know, all that fun stuff. And we get Viola Davis in this as our game maker. And Cornelius, though, is like, well, you know, if I'm, I want this money. I want these games to be interesting. I want people to be entertained. Mm. Um, so he comes up with these new rules or whatever. And we see all those rules that get implemented all the way down the line to 74th Hunger Games with donations, all that fun stuff, mentorships, everything like that. So that's really cool to see if you're a big Hunger Games fan. Um, so all that fun stuff happens. And we see Lucy Gray and Snow kind of like start to fall in love almost. Um, not almost. I think they do. Um, so that's that's to happen, man. And, and uh, oh, part one. It's part one's called The Mentor, the games or something like that. So that so that's what part one is. This movie's breaking up into two or three parts. Three. Part one's called The Mentor. Yeah. Three. So we get The Mentor or whatever. <laughs> and that's all. That's happening. And we see that interaction happen. Lucy Gray, he's helping Lucy all the time. Yada, yada, yada. Everything's going good. Um, but then everything's not going good where one of the freaking guys dies um, because the person 
the person the the person who got reaped killed someone in the capital, and then the peacekeepers shot that person. So you're kind of like, okay, what the fuck's that? Like, it's very uncontrolled Hunger Games going on right now. Very right. uncontrolled. Like mm-hmm. they're not like they don't really know what they're doing. They're getting they're getting the works in here we here, and everything like that. And with the game start, Lucy Gray doesn't want to die. Lucy Gray's a singer. Snow knows that for a performance to go on, because the ratings are going down, they need the ratings to go up in this. We need performances. So he has Lucy Grace sing or whatever. She gets all these donations, bunch of money. You're feeling good about her chances all of a sudden. They go into the arena, looking around, because they get, I think, like 10 minutes to scour it, the arena. Mm-hmm. Really, really cool. Really cool details that you missed if you weren't like really paying attention. But there were seats in that arena. So to my understanding, they kind of did it like old Grease times yeah. where it was a live spectacle, which I think they should have mentioned that on screen. I think that would have been really cool. Well, they did. Um, That's what happened, remember, because the, the, the bombing goes on. Yeah. Yeah. And then and, and that's what you get. But it was just it was very so sudden, I felt like. Like they could have done, like added maybe a little bit more lore that made sense in the movie. I may, probably, I'm pretty sure the book probably explains some of that, you know? Um. So that was really interesting that it was kind of like that. Um, so we keep going on, and all of a sudden, bomb goes off. You know, he goes back in. He tries to find an escape route. He gives Lucy Gray the out, saying, "Hey, you need to go in a tunnel and hide." And um, he also gives her poison in a makeup thing. Mm-hmm. And next day's the games. Everyone's watching the games. We find out that his friend, kind of, I forget his name. His name was weird too. Like sorry, his name was like Sergeant something. Oh, um, oh the, the the guy who's with Snow, Sir yeah. Janus. Yeah, Sir Janus. Yeah, Sir yeah, Janus, yeah, dude. Dan, <laughs> pick some new names, dog. Pick some new names. So, so Sir Janus is um person who he was looking after. Basically, got the works done on him, and he's just there as an example mm. for the other districts. And then he instantly like leaves, basically, cause he, you know, fuck that guy. Um, so Sir Janus then it goes in the arena, and okay, so. Lucy Gray hides. Everyone's killing each other. These are a much more brutal Hunger Games. I, if they took an R route with this, I think it might have worked when it came into the games. I don't know how it would have worked anywhere else. But you see, I can just tell in the book, these, this is much more brutal. Mm-hmm. We're moving like to be a like yeah. more adult YA fiction, if that makes sense. Like your later teens, it looks like. You know, we're having these more ruthless. We have wit. Chains, freaking malice, uh, a freaking pitchfork, pitchfork, yeah, huge ass axe, like, and these are kids. These are kids that are in this, mind you. Like, it's eighteen younger who are in the games, Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. crazy. Um, so that's all happening. Anyway, so Janus goes in one night to try and help his friend or whatever. Snow has to go in, take him out, and Snow kills someone in the games. Kills someone from District Two, if I believe. Not only stops the kid, like he he stopped him like in self defense, and then he just brutally kills him. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really interesting because he saw that, and so you keep going on or whatever. Lucy Gray survives. She poisons some water. She kills someone. Other people die. We see a little um, Katniss Everdeen kind of guy hang out. He's like fuck the Capitol, rips on the flag, all that fun stuff. Capitol's all upset by that. He then gets fucking obliterated too. They make sure to make an example out of him. They drop the snakes down. The snakes kill everyone except for Lucy Gray because Snow snuck in to go see uh, Viola Davis's character, the game maker, and whip put in his handkerchief scent so Lucy would be safe. But everyone thought she was going to be singing, and you know, uh, Viola Davis didn't want to stop the game. So Davis was like, "No, let the games go on. The games go on." But um, 
everyone was kind of like, no, stop the games. What have you. Peter, he uh, snow cheated. He ain't get. He ain't win the money. He thinks Lucy's great. He thinks Lucy's great. He's dead. He's getting thrown down to the as a mutt of a peacekeeper, just someone who's doing your day to day tasks of like cleaning shit, basically. Mm. Shit detail is what I guess it would be called. So he does that, man. He's in twelve. He's hanging out. Look, yada yada yada. Him and Sir Janus are out there. Uh, Sir Janus is starting to be a rebel. Uh, we see the hanging of a few people. We see mocking Jay. Uh, jabber 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 jays start happening we finally then see lucy gray come back into the picture she's alive him and snow start falling in love again all this fun stuff we find out that snow then turns in his friend gets him hanged lucy gray he shoots the mayor's daughter and everything like that so then they have to go on the run they go on the run he find he doesn't trust Lucy Gray anymore. Lucy Gray doesn't trust him. Mm-hmm. They have a big argument. They like fuck this. Snow turns into her heart of snow. Basically, he's all upset. He's heartbroken. <laughs> um, and he goes and he becomes the pri- uh, He goes from a private to general training. Basically, at the end, at, kind of at the end of this, he gets out of that. He graduates, and then movie he's snow. He's he's accumulated. He's went back to go see Viola Davis. He understands now what the games are all about. He he's he's turned as cold as ice. There is no there is no innocent snow anymore. He's not, you know, that nice. I got I don't know if he would be nice in the beginning, really. Um, I think that would, if the book was up for if the book was there, if I read it, then I don't think he was. But in the movie, they kind of humanized him a bit more. <laughs> I feel like where now he's kind of for sure not a good guy at the end of this. I guess you could say he snowballed. <laughs> I guess you could. Based on the movie, yeah. <laughs> Based on the okay, we'll get to that in a second. We'll get to that in a second. Um, yeah, Danielis, so this is something you didn't want to read the book for, um, but you've been familiar with this franchise. You kind of stuck with all the way through originally. Um, yeah. What were your initial, it... initial thoughts for this one? Part one, locked in, loved it, mm-hmm. loved it. Part two, loved it. Loved it, especially when he said, "Astute." When he, I know it was in part three, but when he said, "When he said, <laughs> snow always falls on top." I know, Yo, dude. That, that was clean. That, that was line clean. crazy, though, bro. That line was crazy. <laughs> I might name my kid just so he can say <laughs> that, dog. Dude, that's gonna be seeable with the next Metro Boomin album, right there. That shit was great. Line <laughs> went crazy. That was a good um, one. Part three, yeah. Yeah, guys. Like, we did a line of coke before we wrote that or something. (laughs) What the hell happened? Or we did a line of snow, I should say. But what the hell happened? Stop the movie. If you gotta make two movies, it's okay. It's okay. I promise you, it's okay. Stop. Like, stop. You you did good. I'm still rooting for snow. But it was such a 180. Mm-hmm. He did such a 180 so fast. And I knew, I, and as soon as I saw part three come on, as soon as I saw that come on, I was like, and and I didn't, I knew that we weren't going to stop. I, I knew we were going to see him turn bad once part three came on. Sure. I was like, fuck, <laughs> fuck. Because I knew they were going to rush it, which they did. Mm-hmm. Like it went a mile, a fucking minute. It did, I, like, bro. It, it was like, no, like, he he was making out with Lucy Gray 20 minutes ago in the film, dude, and now he fucking hates her guts. 
you know, like I I love I love the trope. I love the trope. You know me. I love the trope of lovers to enemies mm-hmm. or friends to rivals. It is it is the greatest trope to ever exist. And and they just botched it at the end. They botched it. Especially and I don't, you and I mentioned thought- friends to enemies too, especially with the uh, fucking sergeant master, whatever his goddamn name is. Yeah, he saved his Sergeant life. Sergeant is, yeah, dude, get the fuck out of here. He saved Sergeant's <laughs> life, and then one day he's just like, well, let me just record a Jabber J and turn Sergeant's in. And I'm like, where did this come from? Like, I got you. <laughs> like, I get it if you, like, mm-hmm. showed that in the beginning that you actually weren't Sergeant's friend, which I guess you did say where you just say you tolerate him. But that's not enough of that, like, I'd still kill you if given the opportunity. Like, that that was the weird thing to me. They made Snow in the first two acts very human. very In the movie, at least. Very much like, we like him. He's an okay guy. He kind of has some humanity to him. He's seeing these things. He doesn't like the Hunger Games. He's going to say something. And that's why he gets shit kicked detailed. Now, while he's there getting shit detailed... Mm. If we see him see all these interactions with District 12, he starts to think like, oh, I'm better than them. Oh, why are they savages? Oh, I don't like these people. I still love Lucy Gray. I can save her. Maybe they did Lucy Gray wrong, and that's why I don't like District 12. If we see some of that, I get it. But we didn't. It was just so fast in the movie. So fast. And I was so upset by it. Like, they're making out in the house one day, going on the lake. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, he gets poisoned by a snake, and he's like, fuck Lucy Gray, like, I'll kill her if I ever see her again. You know, I'm, I'm like, w- like, literally, dog, like, what happened? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then, like, so the movie, movie I still in- thoroughly enjoyed the first two acts, like, you know, and I love seeing his, like, little stare down at the end and him killing um, Peter Dinklage's character, and then he delivered that line of snow. You know, like, th- like that, that was great to see, but the progression to get there was was bad. I agree, man. The The third part of Act 3 is just funky as hell. And while watching this movie, it definitely, um, like, I, I, I felt every extra minute going on further on for Act 3. But upon leaving the theater for it and having a chance to marinate this or in this film, um, I'm kind of glad it's rushed at the same time because I, I don't want this to be a trilogy. I think if this was a whole trilogy or a second movie even, I think it just would have been a clusterfuck. I, I don't think this needs to be a series that needs to be fully expanded upon um, to have a rival trilogy for it. You know, like a prequel and original trilogy like Star Wars type of deal for Hobbit kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's funky. Like, the first two-thirds of this movie are, are solid as hell. I love the the actual Hunger Games event. I like this Hunger Games more than I like the original one. You know, for the actual arena stuff going on. It's cool, man. I like seeing how brutal this is. You're right, Danilo. Seeing the axes, the pitchforks, the swords being used. um, The two curved-looking, like, dagger things that one kid has at some point. Yeah. All that drones... Yeah. The drones that are flying in, almost killing them. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> you know? they use they use the drones as a weapon, literally at one point. You know, yeah. And the fact that we're seeing um, some of the politics being involved in this too, we're like, okay, the drones are leftover war supplies from this war we've heard so much about. You know, so it's not like um, 
it's not like we're necessarily seeing flashbacks or anything, but we're seeing the aftermath and how this government is trying to recycle that aftermath into how to save but like the budget for the Hunger Games. That is interesting, those little details, you know. It's kind of like that weird gray area that we've talked about that the Bad Batch shows with Clone Wars and the two eras of Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. This does a good job of bridging that for me. Um, but man, like, I, I just don't care about anything going on with Snow by the time the third act's happening. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, Kayla, I'm very curious to hear some of your thoughts on this one. I know you've read some of the book going on. You had a chance to, to, you know, marinate with this one a bit longer than we have had to. So where do you stand with the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes and comparing to some of the things of the book as well? Um, okay, first off, can you hear me okay? I had to take my headphones out. They were dying. Yeah, we can hear fine. You're good. Yeah, you're good. Okay. I wrote notes, okay? <laughs> okay, okay, let's hear them. Go and break it down for us. <laughs> I wrote notes. Um, so I'm going to go on probably like a tad bit of a tangent. Go for it. Warning. Because the book was so different than the movie. Okay. So different. Um, so first off, this is, as you have specified, this is Snow's villain origin story. Mm. I mean... But from the jump in the book versus the... So the movie almost, like, I feel like over-sexualized him. They made him look really good until the very, like, part three. Um, where the book, you hear kind of his thoughts and his initial reactions. And this man is a narcissist. He is self-centered. And he his, like, thoughts are just delusional. Um So, like, one part, he called all the district kids pitiful creatures... And said that they all deserve to die. And okay. they all deserve to die gruesome deaths. Um, he looked at Lucy and he said that she was quite literally... Um, he said how best to exploit her. So it was very, very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I could go on for a while about <laughs> the differences. Uh, but I think the big thing is, right, that from the book, you... It is in third-person perspective where Hunger Games was in first-person perspective. Um, but you see his thoughts. And he is very, very selfish. So as far as, like, in the movie, when they went... When he went to the train station and gave her the rose, mm-hmm. that was never his decision. Whereas the movie, it painted it as his decision. It was actually Tigress. So she was the one who told him to go. Okay. Um yeah, which was very different. And as far as the food, where he brought Lucy food when she was in, like, the zoo cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he never did that. That was actually Sejanus in the book. Oh, so, to Lucy? <laughs> yeah, Sejanus's mom in the book actually made a bunch of food for them and brought mm. it. Oh, It wow. was never to know. Um, the book also, as far as differences, the order of deaths was different. Um, okay. The deaths were a lot more gruesome. Um, and it just, besides him like showing how narcissistic and self-centered he was, um, another big thing was they actually, so I don't know if you remember, but in the zoo scene where mm-hmm. the one girl brought like a drink, like a bottle to the uh, her like tribute. Um, mm-hmm. And the girl ended up breaking the bottle and like slashing her throat open. Yeah, to the, the blonde girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was very different in the book. So the the um 
the tribute, I'm sorry, the mentor, she actually brought food. She never brought a bottle, but she had brought a knife to like cut open the bread and stuff. Sure. And she was constantly taunting the district girl who was starving. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the district girl ended up like picking up the knife and slicing her throat and was ended up, you know, killed. Um, and when she was killed, they actually paraded her body down the streets with all the starving tributes in a cage. And just like was people were like throwing things at them and mocking them. It was really gruesome. Um, yeah, yeah. And like <laughs> the thing is, like Snow was like mental process during all this it was like, oh, yeah, they deserve that. Like, it's OK. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like also the thing is that Suzanne Collins was very, very good as far as her writing. She, every chance she gave Snow a choice between good or evil. Mm-hmm. So for every decision, he could choose either the good path or the evil path. Um, and he just always chose the evil path. Um, I don't know if that, that really makes sense, because the movie didn't really portray that. Oh, it makes sense. Much. We played Force Unleashed. You're good. Yeah, yeah. I, would have loved to hear, I would have loved to hear a voiceover, dude. That would have been so good yeah. to hear from, like, that. Yeah. Because it was so different. Because I remember I saw the movie before I ever read the book. And, mm-hmm. like, when I was watching the movie, like, it seemed to me like he was, like, really, like, Team Lucy. Like, he understood that it was wrong, you know, like. That's what I got the impression of, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But in the books, he's completely, like, he wants them all dead. <laughs> That's <laughs> like weird. He... Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this real quick. So, overall, we want to get a bit ahead of ourselves with this. Did you like the Ballad of Songbird Snakes movie? I did. Okay. Uh, compared to the book, not so much, but I watched it beforehand, so I initially thought it was really good. So do you think it's a good adaptation of the book, then? No. Okay. There you go. That doesn't sound like it, man. She just just giving off some great fucking details that could have been in a, this movie <laughs> if it was rated R or something, dude. I would have yeah. loved to see that. Like, not to be rude, but I would have loved yeah, to see yeah, them parade a body around and hear Snow be like, yeah, fuck these people. Oh, it was gruesome. It was really gruesome. Yeah. That's okay, crazy. Gotcha. So what that, you... dude, that's like that, that's like if uh, what happens, man? What what's something we watch? That's like in uh in Goodfellas, dog. If they literally place beating like Billy Bats with like you know, <laughs> give him a flick or something, bro. Like yeah, exactly. All my life, I wanted to be a gangster, man. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, what are your thoughts on the book as a whole, then? Since this is so different compared to the rest of them, then are you a fan of the book at all for this one? Okay, so the movie was very, very action packed. Like action packed. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, there's kind of a bathroom code now. Do I need to put my headphones back in? No, it's Danilo, man. He always does this, dude. Towards the end, he just fucks up a little bit. Dang El it, Danilo! Come on, man. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I will say this, right? the The movie was a lot faster paced for me. Um, mm-hmm. the book is really, really boring. Because okay. it's a lot of inner monologue. It's a lo- it's very slow paced. I mean, it's five hundred pages. Oh, really? So, That's crazy. Um, yeah, it's a lot slower. Um, the movie just focused on a lot of the action, 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 mm-hmm. which is funny because I remember when I was watching the movie, I did think there was a lot of slow points. Sure. Um, but compared, I will say the movie was a lot more engaging. Okay, that's good to know at least. Damn. Yeah. So, Danilo, do you think you're going to read the book, then, by any chance, at some point in your life? No, I do. Like, I, I really actually want to go pick it up and try and read it this weekend, dude, because cause I, I, 
I want to see Snow's progression to just this, to this hatred that he has mm. at, when we see him in se- at seventy at seventy four, whatever. Because Buddy's filled with hate now, yeah. in because in the beginning of the movie they don't show that, you know, and we see it at the end. Um, Jules delivers that line saying, you know, where he's like, "How do I look, Jules?" or whatever her name is. And you she, mean Jules me for you. Yeah, yeah, and she's very, <laughs> she's very, um, careful with what she says. Mm-hmm. She says you, 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 you look a lot like your father. Yeah. And when you go back to that conversation they had before, it's very much like, okay, if that's what you're seeing, I see it too. But the writers and the directors didn't make it where it was a natural progression. Like I, I yeah. get it, I do, but I just. Like I get the trope, and that's why I get it, but I don't get the progression that we had. So yeah, I I do want to read what Snow says about these people and just see, just that whole, uh, you know, how, how he became who he is when it came to then the Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> His inner monologue is honestly disturbing because he's very narcissistic. But the parallels are beautiful between Hunger Games and Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Okay, not so many parallels. Is it better than the movie though? Because I felt like the movie, I was just like they were just dropping whatever they could. They were just like, "Yeah, this is Primrose." (laughs) Like I'm like I'm like, what the hell? Like I I was kind of upset when they dropped that. I was like the or Katnik, Katnik, yeah, 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 in the woods kind of thing. Yeah, I I was like, did we really just drop Katniss Everdeen? And they're singing they're singing the Hanging Tree song, and I'm like. Okay, I, I like that. That's cool. Like, I'll give him credit for that. But hearing about Katniss, I was like, "Dog." Stop. So, <laughs> them being at the same tree, I was like, "Stop!" Like, don't don't ruin these movies for me. Yeah, no, I feel you. So, there's actually a lot that actually goes into theories. Um, because, for example, one of the parallels was in the reaping with Lucy. She actually held the other guy's hands, which I don't know if you remember, but Katniss and Peta held hands. Yeah. And in the battle. That was another big parallel because Lucy did the same bow that or Katniss did the same bow that Lucy did. Um, but one of the big parallels for me was when the beam fell down on Snow um, during when they were visiting the arena. Oh, during the bombing, yeah. Yeah, during the bombing. In the book, he was actually burning to death, which I think was such a distinctive parallel because Katniss is the girl on fire. So for mm-hmm. him to be burning to death and then for him to know that like Katniss was his ultimate destruction was so beautifully written. Um, on top of that, there um, the Meadow song, which is the song that um, Katniss sang to Rue that you heard snippets of in um, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Mm-hmm. That was actually written by Lucy. So it means that either at the end of the day, Lucy or Katniss is one of Lucy's descendants, or I don't know if you recognize the blonde girl, um, Maud Ivory is, I think her name. Yeah, Maud Ivory is the blonde girl that's always with Lucy. So she was the only one to also know um, Lucy's song. So for Katniss to end up singing that song was such a slap in Snow's face, but it meant mm-hmm. that She's a descendant of one or the other. Which is oh, huge. that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. kind of cool. It all wraps up really cool. Sounds real George Lucasy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, c- 
kind of, yeah. Oh, you don't kind of, dude. You only you didn't get past the fourth movie, Kayla. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard enough details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it also wants to make me read the book because I also have a problem when leaving the theater. I love the movie. I always love the Hunger Games till probably the end of times, just because I had great memories with it. Sure. But it's it it comes to then this conversation of okay, why does Snow actually hate Katniss? Because when I was a kid, I, when I read those books, the reason why Snow hated Katniss so much was because she was a rebel. She was a rebel, and he wanted full control. But mm-hmm. now, knowing what you know from this movie, you're like, oh, well, that could that's probably it for sure. But now that another element, another layer to it, I guess you would be is like, does he hate her though? Because he was in love with this girl, and this girl kind of ripped his heart out, and he couldn't get what he wanted from her, and so that's why he hates District 12. That's why out of all the districts, when it came to the Mockingjay, that's why he bombed it. That's why he absolutely hates Katniss Everdeen from day one. You know, So that then comes in conversation. I'm like, I don't like that. I like knowing that Snow hated Katniss because Katniss was the rebel. Not, as, not so much because he was in love and got his heart broken. 50 years ago. Okay. Um, so you don't like it being explained kind of thing at all? No, I, I don't mind it being explained because I like that trope, but it, it just adds that another layer of thought when I'm going back now to watching these childhood movies or rereading these childhood books thinking like, what is it now? You know, because you. you can see both sides of it as well, you know? Mm. Um, the book actually explained it a lot more in depth. So I definitely think it was Lucy. Um, because he saw so much of Lucy and Katniss, um, and just her characteristics, the exact same song she sang, everything like that. Um, so, and then they, the way they ended the trailer, I don't know if you remember, but they used the quote that was like, um, oh my gosh, I'm going to totally butcher this, but like, um, the <laughs> like what most we love. dangerous. Yes. Yeah, it's what we love the most that ends up destroying us. Yeah. And I absolutely hated that line because the thing is, um, one thing you don't see is a spoiler alert, but in mm. the movie, or I'm sorry, in the book, when he, um, when they're in the cabin, right, and she's like, he's going to like get rid of the guns, and um, she's like, I'm gonna go cut Katniss. The thing is, in the book, is completely different because he's purposely realizes that she's his like the last tie to his freedom. And him advancing to like the next position, mm-hmm. um, so he plans on killing her. He's not planning on saving her. He's planning on killing her, and that's like very, very important because that line is actually kind of twisted in a sense. Um, because if you think about it, like Serjanus could say that because he loved Snow, and Snow was the death of him, and Lucy could say that because she cared about Snow, but Snow potentially was the death of her, but. Like, does that make sense at all, what I'm saying? No, it does. I'm here. I hear you. Yeah, yeah, Um, And in the book, Snow Snow cared. He was infatuated with Lucy, and he thought he loved Lucy, but his actions spoke otherwise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He only really loved himself. What a shame that is. What a shame that is. But you <laughs> know what, dude? I'll go ahead and say it, though. I'll go ahead and say it. Snow is better than Peta. You know what? Snow and Gale had so many similarities to me. It was actually wild. Snow is better than Peta, dude. Fuck Peta. <laughs> <laughs> we love a good porn. <laughs> so, Danilo, where does the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes like stand for you with on the rating system for you? It's still a best man. Yeah? 
Yeah, I'm always gonna have the mom goggles on when I'm watching these movies or reading the books, man. I just will. Okay. This Percy Jackson, and if they ever make a series on the Thirty Nine Clues, then I'll always, I'll always have the mom goggles on. Nice, man. Nice. <laughs> um, for me, this one's in the boo as well. I really like this for being a one-off thing. Um, you know, it's just that third act feels a little bit funky, unfortunately. I think it's good, solid, but um, it, it just needs to be trimmed up a bit differently, for sure, in my opinion. But I really did enjoy the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Um, you know, I could definitely see this being like a Black Friday kind of kind of pickup, you know, something for on a physical disc. Um, but Kayla, what is your final comments and rating on the Ballad of Songbirds and Snake? I would get a 3.75 out of 5. Another odd-ass number. What is with you, dude, in these non-numbers? <laughs> <laughs> because it doesn't, it, in my opinion, it doesn't deserve like a 4 out of 5, but it's it's close. It's okay. Close. I just wish they had shown, and I understand from a movie perspective why they kind of like made Snow the attractive, like you could fall for him character. Mm. But in the book, it was just so different. I feel you. I feel you. Well, damn. Danilo, I think it's going to go ahead and wrap it up for the Hunger Games, man. I think so, too, man. I think so, too. Maybe maybe we'll get a PETA, PETA backstory one day. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> I feel like that's boring. <laughs> Before we get ready to dip out and get out for this episode, guys, uh, real quick, like I said, we've been doing some giveaways this episode. Um, earlier this episode, Danilo dropped that digital code, so check that out. Comment down below if you grabbed it or shoot us a message or DM something just so we know it's been claimed. Um, rewind if you want to hear that code again. But we've also got some physical things we're giving away, of course. Um, here at Galaxy of Film, if you subscribe to the YouTube channel and follow Kayla's TikTok, link down below. Um, and also comment down below, which is your favorite Hunger Games movie. You're entering to win all four of the films on 4K Blu-ray. Got them all right here, as well as some Galaxy of Film stickers. Um, Kayla, you are, of course, giving away the book series for the exact same conditions, basically. However, you got to comment on her post that she'll be making on Instagram and Twitter and whatnot. Um, so these giveaways are going on until December 12th, and we'll announce the winners December 14th. So you guys will find out on an episode of our podcast who's winning in a couple weeks. Um, but before we go ahead and you know kind of wrap this up too, we're giving away some stickers this episode, guys. So for some of the most lit people in the comment section, um, I just wanted to kind of go ahead and give some stickers too. It's been a while since we dumped something like this. Um, you know, man, Danilo, we gotta go ahead and hook our boy up, Gamer Harold. We're sending you some more stickers, bro. You're always there, one of our biggest supporters. Couldn't thank you enough, man. But also, we got a second winner this week, too. Uh, Tony, you know, Tone Dog, Anthony, our man over here, dude. It's your birthday. You're getting some Galaxy of Film stickers. I'll be in touch with both of you guys to get some of these sent your way. Happy birthday to you, man. And, yeah, thank you guys so much for sticking around and for entering these giveaways. For everyone who has commented or commented down below during this live stream um, about their favorite movie, you're automatically entered to our giveaway as well. So stay tuned and keep entering in. But yeah, Danilo, I think it's going to wrap it up for this week, bro. I think so too, man. I think so too. If you ever talk about The Lightning Thief, I've read those books, but oh. those I've forgotten as well now. I think <laughs> I've only remember a few of them. I there agree. You go. I feel like he's written more too. He did. He starred uh, Heroes of Olympus, and I remember I read that. I remember I read the first one, I couldn't, and I stopped after that with, like, Jason or whatever. And then he did an Egypt one, and I read that one in its entirety, but I don't know 
anything of that book. All I know is like they they were just in a locker. Like like if you see this locker, yeah, and Jupe because Jupiter was like Neptune or whatever and all that fun stuff. Yeah, it's a ring. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't a Percy Jackson (laughs) fan, man. Gotta be real with you. You said what? I wasn't a Percy Jackson fan. Dog, what? What did you? What were you doing? Like I'm, I'm genuinely kissed on what. So you didn't read the Hunger Games. You didn't read Percy Jackson. What did you read, dude? Frog and Toad? No, dude, not Frog and Toad, dude. I read my. You know what I'm talking about when I say. You know what I'm talking about when I say Frog and Toad? Yeah, yeah, I know you're talking about. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, dude, I'm not uncultured. Jesus. Well, it sounds like it, man. So, like, list off a series that you read, man. Okay, okay. We got my Harry Fifth Potter series. On. Fifth grade on. Fifth grade okay, on. Okay, Harry Potter, bro. Dive oh, one because God. it was constant, dog. Dive one because it was constant. All right? Okay, that counts um, for everyone, though. That not that yeah, doesn't exactly. count. Okay, you ever read Origami Yoda? Remember those? Dog, no. that... Yeah, no? I do remember those. I had that. There was Origami Yoda, Vader, Chewbacca. Yeah. There was a Jabba, and there was a couple other ones too, man. The Street yeah. on. the Fortune Wookie, that was a good one. Yeah, that was a deep cut. Uh, Big Nate, remember Big Nate? Yeah, that was solid. Dog, um, I don't know what niche you were in, man. I don't know what they're doing down <laughs> in North Carolina because it ain't it ain't what the rest of the world was doing. I'm dragging North Carolina into this because I'm not a part of that. Okay, <laughs> don't even listen to Kayla. Dude. She's from a hipster town. I don't want to hear that shit. <laughs> oh, side note, real quick before we end up, Danilo. And this is for anyone. If you were ever a reader when you were young and, like, you don't read anymore, that was the same thing I did. Um, I definitely have Rex for you if you want to get back into readings. Man, gotcha. don't, don't persuade him. we got to get back on the podcast first. Danilo, I got Rex for you, okay? I got Rex. <laughs> <laughs> Only the best here at Galaxy of Film. <laughs> oh, Kayla, before we go ahead and keep wrapping this up, though, I have one last question for you. Um, which out of all five of these films we've discussed this evening do you think is the better first date movie? First date? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I mean, okay, so <laughs> <laughs> from like if you're actually watching the movie, I would mm-hmm. say Catching Fire. But if you're like a young teen and you're gonna make out in the back corner, I would say part one to Mocking Jay. Um <laughs> or Alan Birds and Snakes, I mean. So, <laughs> probably valid because I mean, President President Snow's kind of fine. Um, okay, dude. <laughs> I'm just saying. Only the best here, Galaxy of Phil. Only the best. <laughs> uh, Danilo, it's been real getting you on here this week, man. It's been great getting you on. Um, a few weeks ago, you were here talking Scorsese, of course. For our listeners, be sure to check out that episode. It was a great time. Um, I believe you're coming back next month for our Christmas special, though, which would be a great time as well. Um, of course, this was the Thanksgiving special for this year. So for our listeners, happy Thanksgiving to all of you as well. You know. Oh, yeah, I forgot. This comes out on Thanksgiving. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah, guys, shout out to Thanksgiving. Hopefully all you guys are getting home safe, doing your thing, eating some good food, pumpkin pie. Mm-hmm. Dude, are you guys – okay, listen, I'll tell you this, man. My dad has tried to persuade me on this, and I'll tell you this right now. Ham – Ham is not a Thanksgiving dish. No, not at all. It's not. It's not. It's not at all. Ham and turkey are disgusting, dude. Ham See, over I know. I know, because you're against turkey. I remember that. But, yeah, we do know. chicken, what bro. Do you, eat, you eat chicken? Yeah, we do chicken, yeah. You get, like, the KFC, like, family bucket or whatever? No, dude. Don't go- 
Max, you do realize you're coming over to my place for Thanksgiving, right? And we're doing ham and turkey. Kayla, you do realize for the last three years that I've been at your Thanksgiving, I have exclusively fucked up your mac and cheese, right? I know. <laughs> okay, so you're a mac and cheese guy then when it comes to Thanksgiving. Yeah. See, dude, I, I, I'm having multiple Thanksgivings kind of deal, you know? Kayla's always my last stop. I go there, have a couple beers, you know, have a lot of mac and cheese kind of deal. Yeah. He saves so, the best for last. So, yeah, yeah, what do you eat before that then, man? My family does like chicken, dude. I think this year we're doing like seafood for for Thanksgiving, though. Ooh. I'm where your house? At my Oma's house, yeah. Your Oma's making fish? No, no, no. She's not cooking stuff. The rest of the family kind of cooks. We just do it at her oh, house. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, that makes sense. All right. Yeah. I was like, oh, cool, cool. We don't have fish, man. Like things like either like crab or like shrimp kind of thing, stuff like that. Oh, okay. No, I, I, dude, I just want to make sure it wasn't ham, dude. Like, no, ham dude. is just not acceptable during any holiday at all. I agree. Thank you. Sense? We <laughs> held, we held Bromus at my house a couple of years ago, dude. All the guys came over, and one of my yeah. friends, Colin, he was just fighting for a bro ham, dude. It's so disgusting. I told them they are no, not welcome. Say don't again? you, don't you live in North Carolina? Yeah. Fire yeah. up the fucking grill and cook some glizzies at that point, dude. <laughs> Why? Because we have ham and turkey, okay? <laughs> oh, Harold says he prefers spaghetti over all Thanksgiving dinner foods. <laughs> Honestly, I don't That's not bad, to be honest with you. I just had some the other day. I made some. The same. What? <laughs> That's weird. I made with meatballs. It was, it was fantastic. Yeah. I don't know how to make meatballs, so I just make, like, ground beef and put, like, the taco spicy hot seasoning on it and just throw it in my freaking <laughs> spaghetti noodles and put some sauce on it. That's perfect. Uh, but they have like pre made meatballs. It's a whole different story, but they're good. Yeah, I know. But I'm not. Only the best are your galaxy of film guys. <laughs> Speaking of food, though, if you have nowhere else to go for this Thanksgiving, see if your local Ce Little Caesars is open and go get a nice pizza. Exactly, bro. Exactly. And crazy bread. Don't they have crazy bread? Yeah. And cheesy bread now. That's fire. Yeah. <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kayla! It's been absolute. <laughs> Kayla, it's been an absolute pleasure and a blast having you on here. Where can our listeners find you and your content as well? Um, TikTok at Kayla Reads, K A I L A. Um, Instagram Kayla Reads One. There you go. The links down below for everyone as well. Uh, be sure to go ahead and follow her. Check out our giveaways as well too. Um, all your social media stuffs, Kayla Reads or Kayla Reads One, Instagram, Twitter, the whole nine yards. It's all down below, guys. So we got you all covered here at Galaxy of Film. Uh, stay thank tuned for next for week. Oh, say that again? I said thank you for having me. Oh, of course. It's been great getting you on here. This has been a long time in the making, you know. So definitely yeah. been a blast. Uh, for listeners, stay tuned to next week. We are, of course, discussing Napoleon and Napoleon Dynamite here on the podcast. Um, we got some more awards bait coming for you guys, some more LFGs before end of the year as well. Um, be sure to check out No Vex, the latest short film over here at Galaxy of Film, done by myself and our brother Tyler. Um, and also check out the GoFundMe for my next piece, Goonies and Agony. We are making some incredible progress on this, um, and I could not be more excited to show the world what we have up our sleeve for it. But yeah, guys, be sure to follow us on Facebook. Join the Galaxy of Film fan club ran by Shamim on Facebook as well. You can follow us on X, you can follow us on Threads and TikTok, all at Galaxy of Film. Sub to the YouTube channel. 
Follow us on the website, galaxyfilm.com. And if you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us an iTunes and Spotify review. It truly does help with the show much more than you can imagine. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys. You know what falls on top of snow? Galaxy of film, baby. You know what burns snow? Fire. But galaxy of film is Yeah, okay, bye.